Today's episode of the Black Flag Podcast is brought to you by Evan Orvath of Solero Commerce. We're coming to you live from the Solero Commerce compound as always. And if you want a small business that accepts debit or credit cards, you got to go check them out. Contact Evan Orvath or get in touch with one of us and we'll get you a free second opinion on your current merchant service provider. Do you enjoy listening to us every week? Want to support us even more? Become a friend of the program. Patreon.com slash Black Flag Podcast for just four sixty nine. Nice. Nice. A month. You get 20% off all of our merchandise, exclusive giveaways. You could ask us uh, any questions you may have on our Patreon uh, question segment every week. Or just leave us basically a virtual tip in our virtual tip jar. Become a friend of the program again today. That's Patreon.com slash Black Flag Podcast. Lastly, do you like playing with toy cars and telling your significant other that they're collectibles? Do you enjoy badass memorabilia of grown-ass men who are more successful than you? Well, after doing what Bradley and Bobby just told you to do, head on over to CircleBDieCast.com for all your diecast needs and merchandise, and be sure to use promo code BFP123 for $5 off purchases over $30. And one last thing before we get started, we'd like to give a shout-out to the Graphics Coop, Any Racing News, and Danny Eugene Photography for all their support. Brad Keselowski is going to be shown the black flag. It's the Black Flag Podcast. Every fucking week. Fuck, I hate my fucking job. Race analysis. Yeah, we're only girls pool here, so. Maggie forgets that if they changed the rules and took the champion's provisional away, he wouldn't have been able to race the last two years. So, uh, occasional alcohol consumption. Uh, Jimmy Johnson is on pit road because I think he's the leader. And calling people on their shit. It refrains me from not beating the shit out of you right now because you ask me stupid questions. This week's Black Flag Podcast is now in session. Hey, we actually out we beat him so it's all good all right boys and girls this is going to be episode 196 of the black flag podcast as always i am charlie sanborn to my left is bradley saucier and to his left is bobby timmons together we are at black flag pod on all things social media most importantly as you heard it in the pre-show there it is on patreon so head on over there look up black flag podcast and uh, get yourself some merchandise, get a disc, yeah, you, holy shit, discounts and... Uh, some dick counts. Yeah, you get it. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, some exclusive content over there. Uh, before we get into it, Bradley and I went down to the, our third annual, or for us anyway, the third annual BFP Snowball Derby. Uh, but let, let's let Bobby talk here for a sec. What'd you do this weekend, pal? Not a whole hell of a lot. Um, ventured out to the old port on Friday night with my lady friend, um, wearing... That always ends well. Yeah, I didn't. Um, <laughs> I was wearing a, a Hoosier Racing Tire sweatshirt and a Simpson Race Products uh, winter coat. A little chilly up up here this time of year at night. And uh, I must have wore her out with my joke. I, we were going to these hipster bars. And great, they're great places. Like, I have nothing against hipsters and, and dudes that wear Carhartt, yet they don't know what a wrench is. <laughs> like, I got no problem with that. Like, I actually kind of like going there because I know none of those people in there know what a Hoosier Tire is. And if I didn't ask Abby that a hundred times, like, <laughs> Fucking nobody in here even knows what a Hoosier tire even is. <laughs> she probably was sick of me, but she loves those little crunchy places, and and they are good. I I got a uh, a smoked duck salad at this place for dinner. It was very good. Um, Bobby of four years ago would have been like, you don't have chicken fingers, I'm out. Um, but I don't know what happened to my taste buds. Bobby recently. of four fucking weeks ago would have said that same thing. I feel like no, fuck off, no. I feel like every time yeah, we've ever Brad, you sat next to me in New Smyrna Beach when I got a seared tuna salad oh. and said it was the best thing I'd ever put in my mouth. That I was so jealous of that. I don't oh. even remember that whatsoever, but I'm proud well, of I you. Maybe and Charlie <laughs> was sitting next to me. I, don't I, I was right in front of you. I think <laughs> that looked fucking incredible. I Sounds was so good. jealous. Uh, Sounds so, good. So um, it was. <laughs> and spoiler alert: with the last bar we went to before going home, some kid was like, "Simpson, like, like the racing gear." <laughs> like no shit <laughs> fuck <laughs> my, joke, my joke came back to bite me 
Um, no, so we went there, and then Saturday night, my mom had a uh, like a Christmas party deal get together at her house. I watched, uh, well, tried to watch the, the snowflake and um, fell asleep because that happened, um, I think, Sunday morning at two in the morning. And then uh, I worked on my race car all day Sunday by myself. Paid way too much money to Racing America to watch that race, but I I did it anyway and uh, didn't have to wait at an airport because my flight got fogged out. Y- yeah. So uh, that that that's how our weekend ended. Uh, but Bradley and I, we got up uh, Thursday morning at about 2 a.m. Uh, that's two, still Wednesday night to me. Yeah, 2, 2.30-ish. <laughs> Uh, good pal, friend of the program, uh, sponsor of the show at one point, Trent guest. Smith, uh, came and took our fucking very tired asses over to the Portland Westbrook Metropolitan Airport and uh, had ourselves a time. Flew down, laid over in Atlanta, and then... Uh, I was ma- today years old that I realized what PWM meant. I was just about to say, I feel yeah. like Charlie's definitely said it on this program before, but I would bet you there is a ton of people who just found out what PWM means because <laughs> I have also been generally unaware for almost my whole life. Portland Westbrook Metropolitan. 29 years, <laughs> 10 months, and 22 days old. Yeah. Yeah. All <laughs> while living within 30 minutes Sorry, of the 27 airport. 27 days old. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so the convenient thing about PWN, the Portland International Jetport, is that it is literally about nine minutes from where we currently are right now. And, uh, you know, Trent was good enough to get us a ride. And uh, we, we ended up hooking up with, uh, well, not hooking up, not having sex, but like we went, <laughs> we, we were there with Nick Cusack as well, too, which that always turns into a time. And, so um, you guys were sitting at the bar at two thirty in the morning having an airport beer. Nah, we were. <laughs> they they <laughs> weren't we were open yet. We were trying. <laughs> uh, and uh, Lindsay also tagged along too, and that was her first snowball derby experience. We headed on over to Atlanta, where that was our layover, and we then got to Pensacola, right around what, like ten ish, eleven ish, something like that. Yeah. So uh, <clears throat> our flight, our flight down, um, we're, we're meeting up with Justin Williams, who uh, was in uh, was was <laughs> oh, yeah. with us the first year, uh, or the, I guess last year, not the first year, the second year for us. And um, so he would sent me his itinerary, and I looked, and it said that he was going to get there like forty five to fifty minutes before us. And so I I was on the flight, like I should just switch the rental car thing over to him so that while you know while he's waiting in line you know, basically we basically get off the flight and then we're all ready to go so he doesn't have to wait even longer and uh so then all of a sudden i get a message saying are you in atlanta and then i get promptly hugged from behind which i assumed was a stranger uh ended up being justin who uh ended up i guess switching his flight and landing in atlanta which we had no idea about and uh until he he made his presence known and so then when we jetted off to uh, Pensacola, that's when the uh, airport beer started. We ended up getting a nice breakfast at TGI Fridays, which I did not know was a thing. Uh, also, we walked in. I fully expected to be getting uh, barbecue chicken tenders or buffalo chicken tenders at uh, 9 a.m. or 8.30 even. And uh, that was not the case. They do sell breakfast, which was one sheet of paper in which half of the items weren't even in stock. Tough break. Yeah, yeah. So it was literally like, do you want eggs or do you want toast, toast yeah. and eggs? Yeah, it's like um, <laughs> eggs, <right>. toast, <laughs> eggs and toast, or toast and eggs, chicken, <laughs> yeah. chicken and waffles. Unfortunately for Lindsay, everything that she selected was out of stock for yeah. some reason. <laughs> yeah, she had like she asked for like a soup cup and then like asked for like a specific kind of toast, which wasn't that out of the ordinary. They're like, we have white. She's like, that white it is, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> so <laughs> there, there was literally like five things on this menu, and everything she picked, they're like, mm, nope. And so, <laughs> so I wasn't a hundred percent sure if they were gonna allow us to order out alcohol because this menu literally had six items on it and it is 9 30 or 8 30 in the morning and so i'm like can i get a bud light and the guy's like 
Wag. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, so then Nick's like, yeah, I'm going to do a Coors Light. And then fucking Charlie, I don't remember what you got. but I had probably, a Captain and Coke. Yeah, Captain and Coke. So <laughs> starting it early. And, uh, I see your beer and raise you. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, we, we ended up sitting there for, for a little while, made it over the terminal, made it to Pensacola, landed, went right to Enterprise. Uh, and we're sitting there waiting. And the guy is fully convinced that my ID is fake. Like he had to go over. Buddy, how the fuck do you think I got here? Four <laughs> sections over to the Alamo booth to find a ID handbook and he's matching my ID up and he goes is it is it, uh, is there like supposed to be something like reflective in your ID and I was like yes. I don't fucking know I think so like in the top right corner and he's like oh I see it now and he's like oh, yeah it just looks a little different and I'm well, like probably cuz we're in fucking Florida well, man you're also leaving out when we were in Atlanta and they wanted to ask for our IDs Brad's is like a pube older than Nick's and I's cuz we just had to get ours renewed so already there's three just random main licenses, and then there's one that looks different than Mine the other looks two. Like almost completely different, like way different lettering, like different coloring. And Did you just... have to get those like real ID ones? Uh, they just changed that to like 2025. I they heard just, that on the radio. Yeah, they today. just keep kicking the can on that. Yeah, so yeah. that's good. I'm not going to get a new license yeah. before we go to Daytona. Perfect. Midday. Uh, so we, we get to the booth, and this guy's like fully convinced ID's fake. Finally, like lets me check in, and and uh, the girl that was working the desk with him like walks by and goes, "Oh, you're gonna be riding in style." And the guy looks up to me and goes, "Hey, you got a BMW?" And I'm like, "Oh, fuck!" And well, then he's well, like, "You should." After that guy was being a dildo, well, he's like, "Well, he's like, where are you where are you guys where are you guys going? Like, what brings you down here?" I'm like, "Oh, we're going to the racetrack." And then that's when he was like, "Oh, fuck!" <laughs> <laughs> Gave us a beamer to fucking rip over. We're actually, actually going to enter the street stock race. I I, I cannot em- emphasize enough how much of a giant pile of dog shit this bmw was <laughs> this thing so you get out right this this thing is fucking beautiful looking on the outside beautiful looking on the inside we get in it it so much as doesn't fucking start it so it has a warning it already needs an oil change we're like perfect that's a good start then it says the battery is low on charge recommends a fucking charge or some shit and then you go to start it and it literally just like zaps the whole audio system and everything so you you go to hit start and it just goes and it's like a loud, aggressive thing. Everything goes black, and then you can't start the fucking thing. You know when it, you turn a TV off, like especially one of those old ones, and it just like kind of like zaps like into like a like right in the middle of the like screen, an old like old tube TV. Yeah, yeah. And that's like basically what the screen on the BMW was doing. And so, like Charlie said, one push, it would go, and the whole system would like shut down. And you're like, well, that's good. Second push, it would tell you that it needs uh, service like 1,200 miles ago. And then it would go into the battery is low. Please start the engine in which we already fucking tried. Yeah, we're trying to start. We're now on the third time trying to start the engine. And then like usually around like the fourth or fifth time it would fire up and we're like, holy shit, this thing is yeah. completely dysfunctional. And like, had you gotten past the point of no return spikes yet? We we had already so the we first, weren't even out of the fucking parking. I'd spot have given yet. this fucking piece of shit back then. <laughs> like, no, was, no, I had something else. It truly looked like you. I I can't imagine that flying a plane is that much. Is it as hard as like just getting the thing in like reverse? It was like so oh, fucking yeah. confusing. So like, everybody knows Prindle, right? Park reverse, neutral drive, right? Every every car forever and always has always been that. This fucking thing has some sort of fucking slap dick fucking shifter thing where it's like in a different order you got to push a button get down on one knee take a shot you could have landed on the moon easier than getting this thing oh it was fucking stupid the whole setup was stupid and it was uncomfortable the seats were fucked you were basically sitting on the dashboard in the front seat it was fucking terrible 
the the interior get got a lot of hate from the rest of the crew. I will say the interior was fine. Um, but <laughs> it was the, nice. It was just uncomfortable. There was like a lock button to like just get it in reverse. We're sitting there for like ten minutes. I'm like, what the fuck? Like, where the fuck? What am I supposed to be fucking doing here? What am I doing wrong? So we finally figure it out. You have to YouTube it. And in my mind, I'm because like it's so foreign to me and everyone else in the car that we're just like, all right, like this thing. You know, it, it was more operator error than it was the actual vehicle. It's a BMW. It must be a nice piece of equipment. Absolutely not. So all these these continue <laughs> these problems continue the whole entire weekend, in which like it's so electronic that there was numerous times that I was like, we're gonna be just going down the highway and it's gonna accelerate <laughs> instead Bleep of blurp. like decelerate and we're just gonna ass pack a car in front of us with absolutely no foot on the like gas pedal it, and, and we, either we have, that or go straight through our Airbnb. And <laughs> we have a so in, in the driveway right now we have a brand new Tahoe. That has like the lane fucking assist thing. If you're a little, you know, a little sleepy eyed or a little, you know, a little tuned up, whatever, <laughs> it, it keeps you between the, the mustard and the mayo, right? Well, this fucking thing did the same thing, but it, it ripped the fucking wheel out of your hand, and you're like, "We're going this way," and you had no say in the matter at all. <laughs> okay, Autobot, and you're like, what the fuck is going on? That uh, biggest pile of shit. Like ever. even even the seatbelts when you click them, and you oh. like, you'd be like, you'd, you'd, you'd cinch a little tighter. Yeah, well, go, and, yes, the first couple times, whoever was in the front row, you put it in drive, it cinches the fucking the the seatbelt. So the first couple times, the people sitting in the front row were thinking that the people in the back row were Charlie fucking was with fucking them. With, yeah, they were like pulling on it, and you're like, sick, fucking stop fucking with me. And then there was one time Lindsay and I just went to go somewhere and it did it again. I was like, oh, like, yeah. what the fuck? It, it's space shuttle. Yeah. Absolute fucking German space shuttle. It was. Yeah, it was a giant pile of shit in which uh, we uh, I, I fully convinced was convinced that they were going to give us a little bit of money back when we got back to the airport. They basically told us to get fucked. So, yeah, that the, your luck ran out at four Florida trips in a row of swindling the uh, <laughs> car company out of money. No, it was just that one fucking shout out Alamo. Uh, fucking <laughs> whole, whole bunch of bodily fluids all inside and outside of that van. And we still got a hundred dollars back. If you want to hear that story, flashback about 40 episodes. They've got to get it while it's wet. <laughs> yes. Yeah. <laughs> I forgot that was the title. Fantastic. Never fucking title. That. How the fuck did you remember that? Because uh, it was in reference one. to Brad puking all over the side of his <laughs> minivan and Tom, the modified guy delivering the electric line. I'm going, no, it's all good. You just got to get it while it's wet. Yeah. Yeah. Because he cleaned it for you. That that did happen. So so we end up going to our Airbnb, right? And uh, our Florida, Airbnb Florida remains undefeated. Our yeah, Airbnb yeah. is in the middle of the fucking slums. The hood. One thousand percent. But that being said, and when it was he's cheap. Sa- when he says slums, literally the house on the end of the road, the top floor was boarded up with the windows. <laughs> and condemned. the bottom had like bars on the windows yeah the, there was like a cigarette shopper right as you like go to pull onto the road which had bars like throughout the entire it looked like it might as well have been a jail cell so. bluetooth speaker ended up there <laughs> it probably <laughs> fucking did uh and so you go like a little bit more down the road on the right hand side you got a beautiful looking trailer park uh and then you you go around this cul-de-sac to the right a little bit and you have all these houses that also look like they just got hit by a hurricane but no one like decided to fix a window or anything there's like three cars in every driveway that are completely broken down <laughs> on cinder I, blocks. I, I will yeah. say the neighbor to right across from the cul-de-sac had a beautiful Ford Lightning that had been sitting in his yard for I assume the last 15 fucking years. Yeah. Yeah. So <laughs> so we we end up like turning down this road, right? And so far everything that we've seen is pretty terrible. Like almost exactly what you'd picture it when you think of like the slums of Florida. And then we pull into this beautiful little house. Uh, it just gorgeous. Looks like it's brand new, especially compared to everything else on the little cul-de-sac. And we go into this absolutely beautiful house, and it 
we there were the whole entire week there was the neighbors were nice from what we we noticed we didn't get our shit stolen the house was perfect i mean no complaints other so, than the fact that it was a little sketchy at first so so literally day 1 we we get out of the airport we get in a brand new bmw and we go to the only nice house in the slums yeah you got to ask him for robbery <laughs> exactly exactly so uh the only thing I heard of the neighbors was when the the lady was yelling at somebody else in like super southern fucking language. Yeah, I walked was. out. I walked out in my skivvies <clears throat> one one morning to uh, grab my backpack, which I forgot, and uh, that was um, about ten to twelve hours before I was uh, alerted that there was a camera on the front door. Um, so that was good. But uh, as I was walking out, that all the I think all the neighbors in the cul-de-sac were on this lady's porch. They were just sitting there, like having fucking I don't know what they do, like pie for breakfast and like biscuits and gravy. Yeah, and so fucking that like Charlie like walked out a little bit later, and then he they were just yelling to the neighbor who was going over to uh to his house, and it wasn't malicious by any means, but they seemed like nice people. And uh, so yeah, we we just basically loaded up the van. We go into uh we go into Walmart. And Q-Sex though, well, so we've been, th- we've been three wide in the back and we walk in and naturally I get Bud Light wide. I also get High Noons wide. What? Charlie gets Miller Light wide <laughs> and Nick gets Coors Light wide. <laughs> so we just have a whole fucking assortment of alcohol. Wide. We go back. We have a couple fucking brouhaha's. We get to the track what? way too fucking early. So I look down at my phone, right? And the schedule of events says everything starts at. I think it's at 6 Eastern time, which is now 5 in Central time because a lot of people didn't realize that Pensacola, Florida is an hour behind everything. So, yes. So, we get there for 5, which is, I assume, when everything starts. Well, we go to the VIP tent. We're all checking in. I look down. It says Thursday schedule of events, 5. Practice for the Thursday divisions. I'm like, well, we don't have to fucking be here for this. Second thing, it's like 5.30. It's like... Or no, it's like six qualifying for the Thursday divisions, like rotating qualifying, and then it was like opening ceremony seven thirty. I was like, holy fuck, we're two and a half hours early. Like, what do we have to do? Like, all of our friends are now getting in their vehicles to leave, and we just got here. We don't know any of the Thursday divisions whatsoever. So you know, we're, that, we're, that being said, this was the night last year that we caught a truck. So yeah, so so we're, we're now standing there. Well, like, we, well, you guys must have known of one guy that was racing on Thursday, the guy who put his race car in a pool. We did, yeah. Actually, we uh, <laughs> we. We did actually kind of stole the headlines early in the weekend. We did actually find that out uh, upon we had like a, about an hour and a half when we were sitting in Portland, and um, Nick showed us that, and we were like doing a little bit more research, we're like how the fuck does that even happen? And like so throughout the weekend, obviously, like the security camera video comes out, still doesn't make any sense how that happened. The guy has numerous interviews telling everyone how it happens, and Nick and Charlie and I are sitting there just like, so, so, so did he? So he must have had the ramps down. And then yeah, he, it wasn't strapped up, and it had and to they have been took backwards on the trailer. The, yeah, they took an angle like out of the Kono Lodge or whatever. And then Nick was just like, and it had to have been backwards on the trailer. And we're just sitting, we just started dying laughing. <laughs> we're like, yeah, like wait, what? <laughs> so we're just like, he loaded it backwards. All right, so we're trying to like piece it all together. Still can't figure out how the fuck that happened. Doesn't really make any fucking sense. In, in the middle, of, like oh god, thirty in the morning too, at this fucking shitty motel somewhere. Yeah, and if you if you look at like the there's a, there's job. a video somewhere of like the newscast of this, they have the security footage of this thing busting through the gate, and it could not like a have modern fit. day Dukes of Hazard. <laughs> it could not have. There was only that one spot that it could have hit to it end up in the pool, and it perfectly hit the one spot 
to go through the gate and crash into the fucking pool. It 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 Preston doesn't make I just, any sense. I it, it every every star in the universe, every planet, every moon, every sun would have had to have aligned for that to happen the way that it did. The fix- Short of someone driving the inside job, the Econolaw, whatever it was, uh, Motel Eight. Wanted a new pool, so it was an insurance claim, and they told Dude Buddy, we'll buy you a new engine for your street stonk if you push it in the pool. That seems like a lot of fucking work, though. That, that, a lot they, of red tape. They said that, they that put, seems reasonable. They said they put a motor in it, a, a rear end, a tranny. all the like, drive running gear. Uh, yeah, I, I'm I'm more... That is not a 10-minute project. I'm more either. confused. I don't know why they changed the rear end. If all your seals were... Well, I guess it was a vent. I was going to say, if all yeah. your seals were good in the rear end, you could have kept that, but right. that's vent. Yeah, you have to get some water it, in there. They... they <laughs> It'll work its way out. <laughs> I can't believe that that, n- that seemed like a fairly nice pool before a car ended up inside of it, but I, I can't believe that that would be it. Like, in the, what's weird is like the sign of like a Motel 6 and a Red Roof Inn or whatever. So, like, I don't know what those two establishments are both pretty shitty. So, uh, they obviously had a nice pool, but I'm sure that, uh, you know, a couple of the hill rods that were staying there were all upset that they didn't have a pool to go dunk in the next morning. But, um, so yeah, we get down to, we get down there, we get to the track a little bit early and we, uh, um, end up finding out that the uh, I think Dolly messaging like the gaggle or, or something to um, to B Wilkes that they were going to be going across the street to have a beer and I'm like well where the fuck are you going across the street to have a beer like I mean the parking lot that we park in like the guy pretty like the guy usually you know hands out some beers but that's usually on like Saturday or Sunday so we end up finding out that I believe the place is called Coach and Four and it's right across the street like a little bit over to the right and it's really fucking far back and we walk into this place and. I like almost immediately fell in love because I like old timey shit. And this place is almost like they built it in like 1945 and then they just didn't fucking change anything. And like, it's more like old Western. It's not like, is not like a, I don't know. Not like, not like you'd see like cruising cafe, like just something that you wouldn't even see on this like side of the coast almost, or at least something I've never seen. So it was just a nice spot. Smelt, smelt just like old. It was great. Um, <laughs> so Justin and I were sitting in at the bar watching a little bit of fucking soccer and um, just having a good old time. Then we ended up going to the racetrack, which uh, the trunks, like Charlie said, we caught a trunk last year. They went green to checkered. That was fucking pretty boring. Um, I don't remember who actually won, but I know, I think Casey Roderick ended up getting awarded the win after tech, which he was second, but, the two leaders pulled away by quite a bit. And uh, then uh, I know the something about a drive shaft, I think. Yeah. Got him DQ'd. Yeah. I don't know. There's always some sort of tech fucking bullshit that oh. happens that no Ricky Brooks is here though. So no, the bullshit was at a minimum. They, they got out of tech before fucking 6am. Yeah, it was still pretty late. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I believe it was, uh, I think it was a, a, the sportsman race is a, it was a pretty fucking phenomenal race from from what we were watching at least but uh i know the winner was a uh, i think it was jonathan langham and i i think it, i think he said it was his first win he, he said something in victory lane about how he hadn't been able to get that car in victory lane and so it seemed like it was his first win he got out felt, uh, said that his arms felt like spongebob and that was a pretty good reference got a decent little pop out of the crowd which i uh, was pretty bored all night because there wasn't a whole lot going on but we uh we apparently just decided to leave uh, right before all the action happened. So Justin and I are like, you know, it's getting pretty late. Like, these races are fairly boring. There's only like 12 cars in the next division. Like, let's go downtown. Like, every, everyone else kind of wanted to go downtown anyways. So uh, we're not even really to the car yet. And Ty Goldberg, who uh, actually when we first started the show, we used to do it in his basement. He lived in Westbrook. Well, now he's stationed in Pensacola. 
He's like, dude, you just missed a brawl. I shit you not. Sends me a picture of like a big crowd of people down on pit road, which wasn't there, obviously. And then sends me a picture of a fucking stonk, completely fucking destroyed. Uh, then And just says, then bud, bud guy did a few 360 wall bangs cousin, in front of us until he blew bud. up. Cousin of dude, buddy. Yeah. And then he said, <laughs> you, guy. you leave. And within 20 minutes, you miss a brawl, a sick wreck right in front of us. Buddy hit so hard we could feel the impact in our feet. They're still racing. Another buddy boy got black flagged for causing the wreck. He refused to come in, jumped the restart by six cars, kept getting the black flag, spun another guy out, then did a burnout down the entire front stretch before getting out of the car, giving the fans the double bird, and parking his car in turn one. Electric. <laughs> it's like, oh, good. Yeah, I'm glad that we move. missed literally fucking all of that. Um, weapon of the week, that guy, I guess. But fucking, we uh, we decided to call it a, uh, quits a little bit early, and uh, in which we went back to the uh, Airbnb, and uh, Justin and I decided to take our uh, spaceship downtown and uh, we met up with a whole whole bunch of people. Uh, Christian Espinosa was down in town and I knew that he was already out. He didn't end up going to the track uh, Thursday night. So told him to keep me posted on where he was going to be. So uh, this nice, nice Irish pub called O'Reilly's. That was our, our first time uh, checking that place out, which which, Not to um, be confused with the auto parts retailer. No, no, the exact same one. Uh, Thanks, and, Bob. <laughs> and uh, and if you put uh, that catchy jingle, yeah, that I'm not gonna say because it'll be stuck in every listener's head. Well, I'm gonna say it because uh, almost every time that I would ask anyone where we were, so basically it would be like a little text thread or a uh, yeah text thread, I guess. It, um, I would ask Christian, I'm like, where are you at? And he would just oh, Saturday he got oh, so oh, drunk oh. he was just like, oh. Oh, oh, <laughs> and that's all he said. <laughs> Didn't even say O'Reilly's. <laughs> and uh, so he he had uh, we had been. I think I think we went over to um, this place, uh, Seville Quarters, I guess. Which I think it's called that because there's four different bars, which is kind of badass. There's like a piano bar, there's a karaoke bar, there's like a dance club. It's literally just like this old building where you walk down this hallway, and on each side there's different bars, and it is that's pretty phenomenal. Um, it's like a I don't know. I don't want to say a cooler, but kind of like a cooler, cooler Floribama, I guess. Floribama is cool because it just has like bars in different areas, but it's all kind of just one um, at the end of the day. But this one had like all different themes and all these different rooms, which is pretty sick. But um, we uh, after that, we ended up deciding to go to uh, Wild Greg's, which uh, Charlie and I went to last year. If you've seen uh, any of the videos from last year's trip, uh, any dance floor that we were uh, tearing up was Wild Greg's. And uh we got to Wild Greg's at about 1 o'clock, in which they were closed uh, for some fucking Ooh. reason. They're not supposed to close till 3, so that was weird. So right next door, there's this bar called Play, which is an arcade bar. Badass little spot. You like walk up these stairs. They have uh, karaoke going on right on your right. There's a whole bar, obviously, on your left. And then you got a whole bunch of arcade games in the back. You got a pool table. They got bubble hockey. Just enough for everyone to get in trouble. So um, a select few of our friends who are typically more important than... Us were like, hitting the shit out of the punching bag. Yeah, <laughs> yeah they had, like a punching bag, if you will. And uh, so I, I fired like, I think I fired a twenty in to get quarters to play shit. I played one thing and it was bubble hockey, and I got fucking smoked by Justin. Uh, so that was a bummer. You that scored was, on yourself, did you not? I did. Yeah, first goal of the game, scored right on myself. <laughs> Badly, that's the wrong goal. Yeah, yeah, I, I was fucking seeing backwards. Anyways, that was fun. But that's uh, what she said. So, so you you and Justin were playing with each other against no one. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, the same team. Yeah. So uh, we won. Congrats to us, and uh, we ended up uh, basically it was it was uh, actually a pretty fucking early morning. We uh we ended up shutting the uh shutting the bars down, and then naturally made our way back over to. Uh, so that's a twenty five hour day. Yeah, to Noah's Airbnb. We we ended up getting back to the, the Air, our Airbnb at like 
four thirty, five a.m. Twenty six, twenty seven. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So um, we uh, yeah, just I mean, we slept until eleven forty five. I guess Charlie and Lindsay had taken bets on when we'd be waking up, and uh, <laughs> the two adults of the group. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. They were sitting in the living room upon us waking up, and uh, Charlie said that Lindsay won. And uh, yeah, I, I, I think said that she was like eleven thirty. I said no, I said ten thirty, and she said eleven forty-five. Oh, and you well, quite literally opened it. up the door <laughs> yeah. at eleven forty-five. I was like, "Fuck!" Yeah, fucking nailed it. Brad yeah. doesn't remember why his alarm clock went off at eleven forty-five, but it yeah. did. Yeah, <laughs> inside job. Yeah, that was, that was a fucking smart play by her. But uh, so that Friday we. Uh, we decided that so last year we stayed at Floribama and they had the dance floor torn up, but that shouldn't have been a fucking issue, I guess. But we stayed over by Floribama and no one came out to see us any of the nights. Really, there was like three three people total all weekend yeah, that came it, out. So it was pretty cool when we were within walking distance of there. Not once did anybody come and hang out. Yeah, and then this year everybody's like, "Let's go to Floribama." It's like, "Fuck you!" Yeah, no. literally every how far, single. Person. How far is that from like where you guys? Forty five minutes in the racetrack. Yeah. yeah, it's like forty minutes. Yeah, that's it's, too far. Yeah, it's yeah, pretty far. I don't so. blame. I don't blame anyone for not coming to see you last year. <laughs> No, there, well, there but, was people that yeah. were staying like right by it as well. But um, we, yeah, uh, we were all in the same place, and then oh. it was within walking best distance to Floribama. Everybody's like, "Nah, we're going in town." It's like sick. Yeah. So, so this year we we decided last year one of the more peaceful days we've ever had was a, a day spent at Floribama because we don't have to be to the racetrack till it starts. <laughs> so we decided that Friday we're gonna go and have some lunch on the beach, and uh, each let's go get away. They, they say what they're gonna say. The Trump. <laughs> Something about pounding the Bud Light. <laughs> Wide. Uh, so, so, so we go have have lunch on the beach and. Beach? Uh, <laughs> Wide. We uh, we go and vandalize a, a good portion of the upstairs, and which I didn't know that you now, could. For those that don't know, the entire legal. point of Floribama is to vandalize the place. Yeah. Just put your stickies everywhere. Everything is covered in sharpie marks. Everything has stickers on it, so that it's kind of the point of the establishment. Yeah. It sounds weird, but if you go there, it makes sense. You didn't commit a crime. No. No. No, it is encouraged. Yeah. So we uh, we spent quite a while vandalizing until we decided to go to the racetrack. And uh, Friday night is uh, the Modifieds of Mayhem feature and uh, the Snowball Derby qualifying, which is always the best most, part of the weekend. Yeah, the, the best part of the weekend. And um, we uh, if, if you know the right people, you can watch qualifying up on the spotter stand. And uh, so we just so happened to do that, made ourselves right at home, um, was treated to some beer that is only found in Wisconsin, I believe. And was it uh, called old fucking something. something? It's old. Tasted like wet socks. It tasted like <laughs> old yeller. It tasted like beer that you'd only get in Wisconsin. <laughs> it was uh, uh, actually it's the uh, leftover cheese curd grease in the grease trap. <laughs> yeah, it'll, it'll like get that. you there. Canned and sold. Yeah, <laughs> it wasn't. It wasn't too too bad. Uh, but it was also not that great. And uh, so <laughs> and we, they were warm. We ended up making <sighs> bets. Oh yeah, but it, but it was free. Yeah, they had just awesome. got done making the cheese curds. Yeah. <laughs> uh, the. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, so we, we ended up placing bets on the uh, on qualifying, and uh, it was who what the, what the cutoff time was going to be, right? So qualifying's going on. Um, we uh, we're sitting there watching, and it's getting really close, and we're like, "Fuck!" I mean, Derek's going to be Derek's cutting it like with he had. I think he could only allow one car to be faster than him, and there was three cars left, and we're sitting there looking down pit road, and so you got fucking some dude buddy you got Derek Krause and then you got Jeremy Doss so and naturally you know Krause is gonna go to the LCQ well <laughs> that's just what <laughs> Freddie was he pretty much bank on that's, that. that that's just what Freddie was saying the whole time but I'm sitting there and I'm like looking at these three cars and I'm like I really don't even know the other two guys Jeremy Doss I was, was like, fastest car in final practice well so 
I didn't know that the 44 was Jeremy Doss. It was just a red car with a 44 I know. 44 he's on always, it. His own stuff is black 75. Yeah. So the red 44 was so very random. So I'm looking down, and I see those, those three cars, and I'm like, fuck, I mean, like, the only car I'm really worried about is Krauss because, like, he, he's fast. Like, he's usually fairly fast, at least, and I don't know it's who fast the fuck. fast enough to be dangerous. I, I was like, I don't know who the fuck it's these fast enough to be cars. in the race, but he never has a history of time trialing well. No, no. And <laughs> so I'm looking, and Krauss goes out, and Derek's fine. I'm like, fuck yeah. And the announcer comes around, or the 44 comes around. The 44, or the announcer just goes, in the 44 of Jeremy Doss. And I looked at Charlie. I'm like, fuck. <laughs> <laughs> goes out, fucking Rolls lays like down a heater. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, laid down a laser yeah. lap. Lays down an absolute fucking heater. Knocks Derek to the, the LCQ. So we're just all sitting there like, God fucking damn it. And, so uh, at this point, I think Nassie wasn't in. Derek wasn't in. Augie Grill. Augie Grill wasn't in. Preston Peltier. Yeah, it was a stacked Kale LCQ. Gale. Johnny Brad Clark no, was that Brad yeah Johnny Clark Brad Keselowski Brad, yeah Kale Gale was in the flake yeah so there was there was a lot of guys that hadn't made it in yet um fucking the twenty one there Jesse Love yeah. was uh, going to start an outside Michael House that kid's yep. kind of a hazard anyway yeah but they yeah uh, I was rooting for his demise the whole time <laughs> it didn't happen yeah everyone else was too but uh, <laughs> <laughs> we uh. So, whatever we're sitting there and we're all kind of kind of bummed out because you know two of our guys. So didn't many make it people in, the race, in racing can do cool, nice, friendly things, and you kind of forget about it. But somebody does one thing negative to one of our friends, and I still fucking can't stand him. And that's Jesse Love. Yeah, <laughs> all that one that one night at New Smyrna where he just refused to acknowledge that Derek won like the fourth time in six nights and was driving away from him. He's like, I had him. That was my race. No, no, it wasn't. Stupid. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, that and uh, I will forever hate him for it. <laughs> That's one of those things. That was like two years ago. <laughs> Don't fuck with that guy. I remember. No, probably a nice kid. Probably does the same shit we do. But he was negative to our friend one time, and I'm gonna motherfuck him until <laughs> until he rectifies it. <laughs> the best until he buys me a beer, goddamn it. The best part about what Bobby just said is that he's been pissed about it since he said it, and he was the only one that picked up on the fact that he didn't acknowledge Derek's existence that whole time. I think we had to like go back and look at that. And we're like, oh my fuck! Like he actually didn't say yes. a goddamn word about it. Bobby yeah. was pissed immediately upon his interview happening. <laughs> it's like, motherfucker, you didn't fucking have him. Like, <laughs> yeah, just pissed all over, like, bitch and pissed and moaned that he finished second as if Derek hasn't dominated all fucking week and drove away from you tonight, you clown. Yeah. Yeah, yeah he got out and said that he had something. He was the Even if it wasn't and... Derek, like, even if it was just say it was Bubba Pollard, be like, ah, oh, you know, you didn't have him. Yeah. He's, yeah. Been, he's been kicking your ass all week. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, uh, I, I think Derek, after especially after the LCQ, he he's just looking forward to New Year's, hitting the reset button and starting the fuck over. He, what's he been through? Three race cars. Yeah, missed the first Derby ever in his career. I think since he started trying. Um, not, not, seemed like he had a good enough car. He was going to get in. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, I, it it was it was going to be close, but obviously, but but Brad made a wicked solid point. It's like, would you rather have that happen? You know, into the into the LCQ or have it happen on lap twenty five of the of the Derby, right? Because if he makes it in on time trials, because he was only uh, one third of a red sea hair away from making the race, because right. that's how close time trials is, he'd have just broke on lap twenty of the race, right? Yeah, I'd still rather have that. Yeah, yeah, uh, he wouldn't have been, he wouldn't have been able to be. <laughs> but there's a little heftier paycheck for making the race versus yeah, not making the race. He, he wouldn't have been able to be having uh, adult having, beverages on top of a fucking yeah. minivan or whatever. If if, if, uh, he if, made uh, the if they had put odds on who was going to be the first shirtless picture I saw on Sunday, Brad would have probably been a clubhouse leader. Yeah, Derek's odds would have been pretty high, and uh, <laughs> that was the first shirtless picture I saw on Sunday. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I would have been probably minus seven fifty, and uh, so I was standing over there Sunday just a quick fast forward because we probably won't bring it up on the recap, but. I'm standing up on top of this party deck, and it is 
fucking hot. We're not even like we've been in this like little fan zone for maybe 10 minutes and I'm already dripping sweat. And I was begging Cassidy. I'm like, please get your brother over here. I don't want to be the only one not wearing a shirt. <laughs> I am fucking on fire right now, dripping sweat. This is so uncomfortable. But uh, yeah, the only other thing that happened on Friday night was obviously the mod race, which was actually a pretty fucking phenomenal race. Uh, it was it was pretty much dominated by Cody Strickler, but him and Augie Grill were swapping the lead back and forth. And I mean, like, swapping it where, like... Slide job. They were, they were throwing sliders, but also, like, they were being respectable about it where, like, they would... It was almost like they would battle hard on the outside, get in front, and then, like, when they finally realized that the guy on the inside was going to get the spot, they would just let him go, but then just get right back on his bumper, and it was just... Such good racing throughout the field. You know, they it, it wasn't really as much of a wreck fest as they usually end up being, but they would catch lap traffic, and you know that it was going to play a factor. And um, Towards the end of the race, I think a little bit probably at the end, I guess, with 10 to go or whatever, Strickler started pulling away. But early on, he, he was smoking like a motherfucker and uh, looked like he was just going to blow the thing up. They pulled him down pit road, wasn't leaking anything, and went on to pretty much dominate the race. Him and Augie Girl just putting on a show. But that was the only thing that uh, happened at the racetrack on on Friday night, and uh, I think we ended up at was that yeah. McGuire's? Well, no, 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 we ended up downtown. So we uh, we went to O'Reilly's first, which was pretty much the, the name. Oh, that of, was the night we went back and forth, back and forth, yeah. back and forth. Yeah. So so we go to O'Reilly's, right? And we get we get a pretty hefty group of our friends. Like almost, I feel like almost all of our friends that were staying in the greater Pensacola area yeah. all showed up. We're talking um, Father Frederick, Father Father Tony, yeah, Father, Uncle Tony, yeah, uh, <laughs> and. Uh, so uh, Christian's obviously there, and and we uh, we end up uh, going to. So yeah, we started at O'Reilly's, then we went to Wild Greg's, and in which we were having a great time. But I think everyone as a group, uh, other than maybe us three or four, decided that they wanted to go back to O'Reilly's because there was some other people there. And uh, so we make it back to O'Reilly's, and then we're at O'Reilly's, and then we all decide to go back to Wild Greg's. So then we were just going up and down and up and down the street. It wasn't it, it wasn't like a wicked far walk or anything, but we uh, it was fairly <laughs> obnoxious. So, and uh, so the the best part about that night was uh, we so that that bar that night while Greg shut down at what two forty five. Yeah. So Lindsay and I called it quits at like two thirty five. And I'm trying to get an Uber because our our I'm trying to beat the rush. Yeah, well, basically, yeah. <laughs> our our car or our house was like nine minutes from where we were. It was, it was going to be fucking a pretty tit ride, and we're trying to f- get my Uber app where it wouldn't fucking do anything at all. I'm like, what the fuck? Well, I had also just witnessed Uncle Tony put Father Greg in an Uber ride and kind of kick him out. Father, <laughs> and, Father Freddy. Yeah, Father Freddy, and put put him to bed, and then yeah, Uncle Tony came Did back. Did he need uh, Sprite and Doritos this time? Or well, no? <laughs> <laughs> and, or was it Sprite and Lay's? And yeah, it was Lay's potatoes. Lay's. And uh, so, uh, uh, Uncle, T- I was like, uh, I was like, Tony, can, can you like hook me up with a ride? Like, I gave him some cash. I was like, can you just get get us an Uber ride? So it's gonna be under Tony, and it's like, all right, it's under a red, it, it's a red Honda Pilot. So <laughs> Lindsay and I, we make our way down into the street just before they're closing. And we're looking, and we're looking, and we're like, what in the fuck? And all of a sudden, this jabroni comes flying up in the street in this, like, gray 2003 Tahoe. And it's like, you Tony? I was like, mm, sure am. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> and, and we hop in, and we get in this fucking thing. And immediately Clapped I see there's a, there's a sticker on the back of this dude's headdress that says, it's an automatic $250 charge if you get sick in or on this vehicle. The I truck like, ain't worth $250. <laughs> That's exactly what Charlie said. I was like, this piece of shit isn't worth that. But I was like, you know what? I respect that. And mm-hmm. then 
Mind you, he's this, probably hoping people puke. Yeah, mind you, yeah. this is not a red Honda he's, Pilot either. He's paying so. the mortgage with drunk vomit. <laughs> I don't even know that you can do that. Like how you have to? I feel like you have there to preface is, that there beforehand. Is a, there is a fee or something. I thought that was worked into it, but I don't. know. I think I think that there is a fee, and I only know that because the first time I was ever in an Uber, which is uh, it's just funny that I'm going to Pittsburgh this weekend, was in Pittsburgh with my buddy Jeremy, who I will be seeing this weekend, and uh, we were Ubering back from the south side. Mind you, I had already thrown up all over the sidewalk, like behind. <laughs> In this like little Street bar, pizza. I guess, and uh, yeah, I had just gotten a piece of pizza too. It's great that he said that. Weird. Just threw it up immediately, and then we get in this Uber, and I am like a dog, panting outside. Threw up all over the side of it, over and over and over again on the way home. Got back, like sat on his couch. He's like, "Hey, did you uh, you throw up on the side of the car?" Because like we were going pretty fast, and like I wasn't there wasn't really much in my stomach, so I was like kind of like just dry heaving. And uh, I'm like, "No, I don't, I don't think so." And we wake up the next morning. He's like. Hey man, so I got charged like $150 extra. I was like, oh shit. And he's like, yeah, like, I don't know why. Like, why was the Uber so expensive? He's like, it was like a hundred and I think it was only like $185 total. And it was a, I was just like, oh yeah, I don't know, man. But yeah, I could definitely give you some money for that. So, uh, that was, uh, <laughs> here, uh, uh yeah, let's just, here's 150 bucks. Yeah. No, we can just split it. No, no, just, just take the 150 <laughs> yeah. bucks. Don't ask why. Just take it. <laughs> yeah. No, so, so anyway, this is Lindsay's first time ever Ubering. So it's, it's funny that you say that. So she has never Ubered before ever. So not, not only are we not in a red Honda pilot, we're now in like an O three fucking <laughs> piece of shit Tahoe. It says this on the back of this, this dude's wind or his headrest. So we're both like kind of putting our, our seatbelts on, like looking into the the middle to see if it's the right address that we're going to and it was and and Cuzzo, Cuzzo delivered us back to the house and then not 20 minutes later these fucking or actually no a few no, hours it later was, it was hours yeah later, you guys you <laughs> guys went other places do you remember the uber ride with noah where the guy was falling asleep back in oh my god on the way yeah. to huntersville that was in north carolina so we we go down i think it was the first time we went down to go see noah right so we're in that was Uber. that had to have been top one sketchiest Uber ride of sketchiest all time. car ride i've ever been in, in my entire life this guy's falling asleep like Literally almost hitting the guardrail and then like he would bounce back the other way and then like catch himself and then he missed like our turn and there's like eight of us in this van yeah missed our turn and Noah and i are in like the second row and then everyone else is like in the third row or whatever and we're sitting there and and noah literally I swear to God, just goes like unbuckle. I'm like, what? And He's I like, think this motherfucker was like a full plan was open the door and we're jumping out. He, he was ready to jump out at the next like red light stoplight, yeah. maybe even moving. I'm not sure. Yeah. Like, he, it, it was that sketchy where he was already planning an exit it. plan. Like, he's, like, looking, and we're all, like, kind of <laughs> making sure. Swivel. We're making sure that we're on, like, the right pathway, like, to go back to the house. And the guy, like, missed our turn, and he's just like, dude, we're getting out of this fucking car. Like, be ready to go. Be ready <laughs> Be ready to jump. And we're like, oh, my God, okay. All right. Uh, but, yeah, no, so we, uh, after they ended up leaving, we ended up getting kicked out, right? So we're all, like. Justin and I are on the dance floor. There was plenty of funny videos of this. So we're doing like line dancing and shit. Like ever, we're with like three or four like girls that are all like mutual friends of other people and like you know Christians out there. Like whoever else, everyone else is out there on the dance floor with us. But these girls at least know the dance. Justin and I. Justin's like flailing his arms and shit. And like there was at one point where you're supposed to like like run forward, stop, and then like backpedal. I just fucking full sprint into the wall, like way down. Like everyone starts laughing. I'm like, I don't know the fucking dance. I don't dance. So they ended up leaving, right? And so we're like the last ones at the table. Well. Well, Uncle Tony had just bought me a beer, so I'm sitting there, like, throwing it back, throwing it back, waiting, and they're like, we need everyone out of here by three or I get a fine. I'm like, all right, well, it's 
It's 2.45 and the door's right there and there's no music playing. I'm just going to finish the beer. And she's like, everyone out. Everyone out or I'm getting a fine and it's $5,000. Whatever the fuck she said. She starts running her mouth. I'm like, what the fuck? Like, this bitch is freaking out. I'm like, well, half our fucking group just went to the bathroom. So we're waiting for them. This is all their stuff. She's like, I don't care. Get out of here. And we're literally walking by. I'm like, we legitimately have fucking 12 minutes now to get from right here five feet to the door we're waiting for our friends that are in the bathroom she's like get out holy shit all right so we all pile in the car we go to waffle house which was fantastic because um i sit down at the table and like i wasn't feeling great i think it was probably the like mixture of alcohol that i decided to throw down my chute and uh, we hadn't really eaten anything since i had a fucking salad at floribama so that wasn't good uh didn't have any food in my system so we get to waffle house i go to try to throw up in the bathroom can't minute the food hits the fucking table put one little bite in my mouth and just instantly right back to the bathroom uh and just not a, not a good ending to the night end up getting back home pretty much around the same time about five five o'clock whatever and so i do my thing whatever i text amanda and wake up the next morning we wake up at eleven forty-five, and she just goes this has been really weird. I've been going to bed and you've just been, you've just been waking up. Well, she had no idea or you're going to bed and I'm just waking up and she had no idea that the time change was a thing. So like she was waking up at like six 30 and I was going to bed at five 30, but it was the exact same time. So I would text her and it was just, uh, it was a whole thing. So we ended up staying out real late those, those two nights. And, uh, the next day is obviously Saturday, which they got the snowflake, which qualifying think started at noon or, or 12, 30 or something or not 12 30 30 or something like that i don't know when it was but we uh we get to the track fairly early where do we what do we do for fucking lunch that day we do something spectacular or what that's when remember. we went to uh the well we accidentally went to the wrong tickets and oh, it was a fucking yeah. disgusting smoke filled bar <laughs> so we're we're all sitting we're all sitting and uh we're what like what was the name of the place we actually did go to uh beef O'Brady. that's right so we're sitting in the car and we're like trying to figure out we're like what what is uh like what where did they used to do the kickoff show before Hooters cuz we were going to go to Hooters but it it was like way in the other direction from where we were going to go so mind you that was also right next to the tickets someone <laughs> someone <laughs> looked up like t- uh like bars around here and they're like i think tickets tickets sounds like it's right we're like all right cool so if you go past the racetrack by like 2 miles there's a ticket sports bar on the right you pull into the parking lot still like from the outside looks like it's a nice spot we walk in everyone at the bar's head turns it is completely smoky there's not a single plate of food anywhere to be seen. It is literally just a bar. Lights are off. Yeah. Immediately to and your cigarettes. left is a cigarette dispensing machine. And you were not welcome because you were not a resident of Pensacola, Florida. Exactly. You get it. You get it. And get out. It was yeah. the type of place, too, where like the only lock on the bathroom door was like one of those cheap little slider things, and then the trash can was just a trash bag on the floor. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, one of those types of places. So we all go in and half of our crew goes into the bathroom and we all come back out. And we're just standing there and we're like, <laughs> we're like, this can't be it. We're like, yeah, this, this doesn't look right. And we're like, yeah, we'll go somewhere else. And literally anywhere else. <laughs> yeah. We're like, all right, like we could probably find some place. So then we walk by all the locals again and they're like spinning their chairs around, like looking like we literally just walked in, used the bathroom and then walked out. It was very much like a, you walk through the door and like a record scratches and everybody's just like, hmm? Yeah. yeah, all the chatter yeah. stops. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It it's like, literally just past the racetrack. You pass it on the left. It's on the right. It's in a strip all, mall, so we should have known better. <laughs> all nine of the normal patrons are there, so they're not expecting anybody else. <laughs> right. Yeah, 
yeah, it it was uh, it was very very sketchy, and so we naturally get out, go into our fucking classy ass BMW, get in get in the car, end up just taking a right, and there's a beef of Brady's right there on the left. Well, you walk in, there's a half of a fucking car on the side of the wall, and Justin had said that when he went down there one time, he had gone to this place, and this is where they used to do the kickoff show, and we're like, well, where tickets come from? And everyone's just like, well, I think they used to do it at tickets too. Like we're like, well, fucking surely, sure, shit wasn't <laughs> that ticket. I don't yeah, think well, they did. We, we walk in that one. We walk in and beef Less baby when Winston was the sponsor <laughs> yeah. of the Cup Series. But. Oh no, the, the bar was literally the size of like this basement. <laughs> like Be- if that. Beef O'Brady's was a phenomenal spot. Incredible. And on when we looked at the reviews, <laughs> it was like, literally two point three stars out of five. And I'm like, <laughs> we're literally sitting at the table eating our food. And Brad's like, I gotta figure out how to download Yelp just to give them a positive review. Yeah, <laughs> swear to God, not like. Drowned in negative reviews. <laughs> no joke. Downloaded Yelp, made an account, fucking gave them five stars. They didn't deserve any negative reviews as far as I'm concerned. It, they were all negative. I was like, how are you upset? There, there, you, there could not be more TVs on the wall. The food is fucking phenomenal. The service is quick and the waitress is very nice. Like, what do you, what do you want? And there's a race car on the wall. Yeah. <laughs> and there's a race car. And uh, yeah, it was just fucking weird. But so we ended up going to the racetrack and uh, watched Snowflake qualifying up in turn one and two and uh, just waited it out and watched the uh, LCQ in which obviously we kind of already touched on Derek ends up breaking and uh, not finishing and uh, Johnny Clark looked like he was going to put his way himself in there I guess and then uh, Michael House and him started playing fuck fuck Michael House got into his left rear after uh, Johnny tried to block him one time and uh, I don't know if it like cut down his tire but he dropped like an absolute rock after that and uh, I think, that was all she wrote I think Johnny willed the car that far it, yeah I don't think it was that good I think I think him and Brad Keselowski were the two best race car drivers in that field, and they took their 12th and 13th place cars and got them to 4th and 5th at one point. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That, that's about right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty spot on. But uh, Also, weird look, Johnny Clark gets best appearing car and doesn't make the show. Yeah. Yeah, Yikes. that also yeah. did happen. Hate it for Rudolph and all the boys back at the... Also, also, found, <laughs> out, <laughs> also found out on Sunday evening that uh, a lot of the... Uh, the pals and, and uh, friends of the program were really banking on going back on the plane with Brad Keselowski. And, uh, yeah, he went home early. Yeah. So, <laughs> yeah. yeah. So, uh, so <laughs> that was really all the racing that we watched on, uh, on Saturday. Cause then it started fucking raining in which uh, it wasn't supposed to be raining. We looked at the weather pretty much all weekend. There was like 10% chance of rain, 15% chance here and there. It starts raining, and then it obviously, is Florida. obviously you're getting a uh, whole hundred percent of it. They're like, "Oh, it's just a little south." Just the fake rain should be. Should no, be it's done. fucking raining. Should yeah, be done, and you know, water is pooling up on the racetrack. Yeah. Should be done, you know, thirty, forty-five minutes. So the first like twenty minutes, it is just misting or sprinkling. Like it's not bad at all. They could have, they could have maybe fired off and done like. 20 laps yeah and and then gotta it get the vortex gonna get the vortex yeah then it, then it got kind of sketchy but yeah uh, i think it was it started raining then they said all right we're gonna park the cars we're gonna you know wait it out they're like it's not even on the radar it should just be real quick and like an hour later it started like picking up a little bit and then it just started downpouring again we're like all right it's not that it's yeah like, it started when it started downpouring like it was raining pretty hard and then it would stop like it would start missing a little bit then it would start downpouring again so like the second downpour charlie and Lindsay go to the car and uh that's pretty much the only way that you're gonna be able to find any fucking shelter and so then we're all soaked and it's just uh justin ty goldberg his buddy and i and we're uh Standing there, starts misting again. They're like, "Yeah, like it's you know, it's lightening up. We're gonna start drying the track. Everyone, you know, we need everyone to get get across. We're closing the crossover gate. We're gonna start drying the track." So, we 
with many other people go back to the grandstands. We start like kind of clearing off our seats. We're standing there. They get all the trucks lined up in turns three and four to go try to drive the track. And then it starts fucking downpouring again. And I looked at Justin and Ty and I'm like, it's just ain't it. I'm like, uh, we've been standing here for two and a half hours now. I'm fucking soaked. They're not even going to be able to go green for at least three hours probably at this point. So now we're looking at a midnight that, start. That and- was that was the math that I kept doing. It's like, if it st- even if it stopped right now, it's going to be at least two hours before we even go green. So Anything, like, worst case scenario, go back home and come back later. Well, right. that, that's what was key is that like, our, or so clutch is that our house was literally like 15 minutes from the racetrack. So we did have that ability to kind of buzz back and forth if we needed to. And I think it was by the third downpour, everyone was like, fuck this. Yeah. So we we ended up deciding to go back to the house and we're sitting there and sitting there. It's still raining at the racetrack. You could still see it like watching, following tweets and stuff like that. And, we're all just like, well, what do we want to do? And then we all decided that we were going to go check out Maguire's. Well, um, when we were on the way back to the racetrack, there was this like Santa pub crawl, uh, which uh, Christian and like, his his uh, friend were doing. And there was like a whole bunch of people that we knew that were downtown at one point. And so we ended up going, uh, It was he was at O'Reilly's at this point, which is where the pub crawl ended. So I'm like, oh, I think that we're going to go to O'Reilly's, maybe like grab a drink, then we'll go over to Maguire's. And so they wanted to go to Maguire's. And I'm like, well, fuck, like I already told Christian I'm coming. I'm going to go see like, you know, what this Santa pub crawl, like at least the little ending of it is all about. So I walk in and there are, uh, I think he said literally like 802 or 852 Santas signed up for this pub crawl. So all day from four to 10, they were just walking up and down to all these different bars, ended up stopping at O'Reilly's. That was the end of it. And I walked in and it was, uh, Christian has like this, uh, light up necklace on and there's only two bulbs that are still working and uh, everyone else is still fully going and i looked and i'm like yes there's just not enough christmas spirit i'm telling you all these santas you'd think that it'd be fucking lit lit right up and uh so i could just grab the drink and we're just standing there it's just christian christian and i basically rudolph reference bob we're just we're just standing there (laughs) and uh i'm like fuck you know i uh, you see that i didn't get it yeah Yeah, (laughs) (laughs) i'm like fuck i i kind of need some food and they had obviously gone to mcguire's and it had been probably like 20 minutes like nothing crazy and uh christian was asking me if i knew anyone that was out or anyone that was coming out and i'm like yeah not really like i think you know tomorrow's tomorrow's a derby so like there was a lot of people that were not going out because of that and they had already gone to mcguire's i'm like "Ah, i'm just gonna take it some people are still racing yeah yeah (laughs) and trying uh, to race a lot of people were actually still at the racetrack but so I end up just meeting them over there at McGuire's in which top notch facility. It it's it is a very, very nice facility. It's it's almost too nice for us to be in, especially when you look at like the pricing and it's like sixty dollars for a fucking steak. Yeah, literally every so the menu is we have sixty dollars steak, we have fifty dollars steak, or we have fifty five dollars steak. Yeah. And then the other side is we have eighteen cent bean soup. <laughs> and it's like that's it. And then yeah, like it, so I walk in and I look down at the very bottom and it's like Twenty dollar burger, perfect. <laughs> so I get a fucking steak burger. Now when he says burger, he means uh, oh, it, it was it, fucking, it's a burger. Yeah. And you, you get got your, got your twenty dollars. Yeah, you yeah. get a steak, and it, it's fucking. It's all. It's all. All of what you're paying for, for sure. Being that I was already late, I knew I didn't want something that I was gonna have to take fucking a while to eat because everyone else was like, at least they already got their food before I ordered. But we're sitting there and just out of the blue. So right, they have these drinks called the Irish Wake, which. It's alcohol mixed with alcohol mixed what? with alcohol mixed with what? alcohol. What? Wide, what? Wide, what? Different alcohol. Wide. Wide. What? I went and got whiskey. Wide. <laughs> Taylor. Wide. Vodka. Wide. So we all have these Irish wakes. We're sitting what? there what? drinking. <laughs> <laughs> Wide. 
sitting there like just sipping on them, right? And so just out of the blue, I think Justin's on his second one at this point. He just looks at Charlie, Lindsay, and I, and he just goes, he's, yeah, you guys almost didn't meet me. We're like, <laughs> oh, this, we're like <laughs> this is the best fucking thing that happened all week. We're like, we're like, like, what do you mean? Like recently? But, yeah, or no, 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 or that, ever. That was yeah. the thing. It was out of nowhere. Yeah. He's like, yeah, you guys almost didn't meet me. Yeah. And we're like, today or like what are you talking about yeah he's he's like yeah you know like before i was born uh the, the doctors told my mom that, that i was going to be born blind deaf and disfigured <laughs> and i he came just, out the- <laughs> and he, he just he just stopped no 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 no, no, no. Just, just picture as dry as humanly possible just uh, uh they, they told my mom i was gonna be born blind deaf and disfigured take a sip of his irish wake and just goes but i was born the fucking man <laughs> he's like i came out the fucking man yeah <laughs> So we're all just fucking sitting there crying, laughing. The waitress comes right back around the corner, and she's just, like, dumbfounded, turns around, walks right back. She's like, I, I lost my pen. Yeah. <laughs> and we were just, I mean, we were just fucking on one that night. And so it was obviously, it was uh, Saturday night, the, the night before the derby. And, we had uh, a grade A, ca- uh, yeah, holy shit, grade A case of the giggles that night. Oh, for sure. <laughs> yeah. And it didn't stop for, like, four hours. Yeah. So Lindsay was our DD, and it was, like, it was like 10.30. Or, I don't know. I guess it was a little, probably a little earlier. Like well, 11.30. You're, you're leaving but, out the phenomenal gift shop at McGuire's as well too so this establishment oh, i didn't even see this 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 establishment <clears throat> i got a snap of you guys in the gift shop um and i watched that and said they're not making it back to the racetrack tonight <laughs> <No>. <laughs> so this this place it's known for you take a dollar bill and you staple it to the ceiling so if you google it there's quite literally like a million dollars in this place stapled to the ceiling and the walls so it's got its own atmosphere and it's really cool wicked irish everybody knows me i've always had the shamrock deal love all that shit so we're in the gift shop trying to get some t-shirts and stuff and justin is fucking on one this night list is right tune the fuck up and of this irish fucking memorabilia bullshit that you can buy he found a little buddy a little just what would you uh fuck leprechaun i guess yeah. <clears throat> yeah. figurine it's, it's literally this big the, and that's great that's for about radio two, about two inches yeah. Yeah. well this is six right so uh <laughs> so it's eight and a half inches <laughs> <laughs> so it's just a little figurine dude buddy and uh well, he was promptly named Harry. Yeah. And uh, <laughs> Harry, <laughs> Harry, and uh, Harry got his own bed. It was actually yeah. Lil Harry. It was, it was <laughs> Lil Harry. And Lil Harry got his own bed. Uh, he he took the guest room because, uh, well, Brad and Justin took the room that had the two twin size beds when there was a perfectly good spare room. We made them bunk beds. I told you this. God. They didn't start as bunk Damn beds. It. Well, see, so we we had a th- get a couple two by four. <laughs> Our Airbnb was a three bed two bathroom house. So there was a master bedroom, it was a four bed, three bedroom. Well, okay. wide. So <laughs> it was a three bedroom two bathroom house. Lindsay and I got the master, su- you know, suite. You know, Brad was gracious enough to get, let us do that. And then there was one full bedroom, and then there was another bedroom with two twin size beds for the kids. So, um, well, Brad and Justin <laughs> took the uh, the room with two twin size beds and left the other one completely empty. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> Correct. Yeah. We, uh, we, so no, what I'm saying is that Harry had his own bed. Yeah. Harry had yeah. a room. He had a place to stay. It was it was good for the little, two inch, Harry. The two-inch figurine messed up the sheets in the one perfectly untouched uh, bed that we had for three days so far. Uh, he, he took it and made a fucking mess of it. So, he did do that. Uh, little Harry little Harry had himself a time. And, uh, yeah, we had, a, we had a strong case of the giggles that night. Oh, so we, we, were, all, we were rolling on the floor. We, we, we all were, decided yeah. that we were... We were going to pack it in a little early because I was like, Sunday's going to get fucking out of hand. Because like, it, it usually does. You know, All of our friends that were at the racetrack all weekend, they now have nothing to do. Laps well, every, a long time. Everybody always yeah. stays until Monday, just in case. Yeah. So when Sunday's done, 
you now have a free day. And Sunday is when everything gets fucking turned right the fuck up because nobody has to go back to the racetrack. Everything's done. You either wrecked or you won. It doesn't matter. The weekend's over. Everybody's ready to party. So we ended up back at McGuire's. Well, and yeah, I, I, I had to pull the trigger. <laughs> I had to, I had to fucking push the clutch in and blow my own motor. So <laughs> <down the back. laughs> I fucking wound that bitch up to ninety three hundred uh, or wow. fucking just hate that for the guys let, back let in the her shop. Sing. So, so the one thing that we uh, completely forgot in our calculations was uh, the fact that. Sunday was going to be the wild day, but also it was going to be a full day drinking shift. Marathon. So, so we not a sprint. Where we park, like I said, <laughs> the guy gives out free you beer, burn your tires up on free Sunday. food, and just like the derby, going to need about five sets. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So we all decide that we're going to get to the track early. We're going to get some free food. We're going to have some free beers, and we're going to make our way into the track. Which so last year we. So our buddy Tim Orvath, HD five, he's got the he's got like a little party deck like setup that he's got going on. It's all roped off area. He's got cornhole. He makes you know, has this guy making food and stuff like that, and it's just a phenomenal setup. So last year we showed up with four of us. It was uh oh five of us, I guess. It was Charlie, um, Justin, Justin, Joey, and, Joey Jacinda. and Jacinda, and I, and the three J's, if you will. And so we showed up with maybe like a twelve pack for all of us because we didn't know even know what to expect. So we naturally didn't have enough beer. So we're like, hey, could we like bum a beer? And so this year he was ragging on me. He's like, "Oh, these fucking freeloaders over here are gonna show up tomorrow with no fucking beer." He's like, "You <laughs> bet, yeah." He's like, "You gonna bring enough, whatever." So I pack my full backpack with like forty-five beers. Wide, wide. Load them into the cooler. We're going beer for beer. Uh, end up on the end up on the infield. Do the interview with Judson. We uh, we make our way in front of the stage. Great interview, by the way. When he told you guys he was bored already, I <laughs> you know my fucking energy drink. Yeah. I was drinking. <laughs> he did catch me off guard with that. Yeah, I, that I was impressed. I was, was impressed. I was. Really was this like a ba- basketball? No. Well, it's actually it's the Portland Sea Dogs. They're the Double A affiliate of the Boston yeah. Red Sox. Yeah. He's like, that's cool. I'm bored, I'm bored already. already. <laughs> yeah. Absolute spit take moment. Yeah. Oh, fucking perfect. But uh, he he also grew a, about a foot and a half since the last time we seen him. Just about to say he went from child to man since the. <laughs> Last time I just paid attention, so I suspect that by the time we get to New Smyrna, Keelan will also be an adult. Yeah, yeah. 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 Keelan's still just a little buddy, but uh, I think Keelan's like he he runs the show. I'm pretty sure Judson's just the star at this point, and yeah. uh, I, I, was, yeah, I was Judson's like, the quarterback and Keelan's the offensive line. Yeah, I was, I was, all the shot I was like, why isn't it just a, oh, like uh, O'Neill Racing Network at this point? Your fucking little brother's always with it. He's doing all the fucking work. And he's like, oh, what the fuck did I do? Well, I was like twelve, man. Blah, blah. I was like, yeah, whatever. <laughs> yeah, we we so we make our way over, and uh, we're obviously right behind the stage. They're starting to do driver intros, whatever. We end up on the front stretch talking with Noah and Tim and all them guys. And uh, Giro, Giro Giro was right there standing next to Tim. That Tim started talking to him, and I think Tim was trying to like figure out who he was. And I was just like, ah, kid's a fucking shoe. Um, no, why did I just learn he's from Seekonk? I don't know, Bob. I I don't know when we became Facebook friends. I'm Facebook friends with him. Wouldn't know if he was sitting here. I think did not know until this weekend he's from Seekonk, Mass. Yeah. I think I think a lot of it started when I drove the car that car for uh, Nick at Beechridge, the legend car. He was also running one of his legend cars, and they, been, I might have raced against him. Then I don't yeah, know. I'm pretty I, sure I think you, you were in that race. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Believe he did, but uh, yeah, no, he's a cool, he's he's a cool guy. But I was standing there talking with him. Did cost me some money this weekend. I uh, for sure dumped Sammy Smith in my Mike Greenville pool and said, uh, "Geo's going way faster in practice than Sammy Smith is." And I picked Geo. And what'd you learn, Bob? Yeah. Stuck with Sammy Smith. I think I uh, had a shot at the win. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, until Josh Berry crashed four times in three laps, but yeah. oh, don't get fucking yeah. 
Brad started. Yeah, yeah. Jesus yeah, yeah, just, Christ. Just wait on, wait on it. But uh, so talking with Gio, talking with Noah, and uh, at one point I just fucking like swung my arm around because like I'm, I was holding on my backpack. I think I needed to like readjust it. Elbowed the shit out of William Byron. That's weird. Um, just hey, remember me from Martinsville? Yeah. He said nope. Oh fuck, <laughs> I completely forgot that I even took that picture. <laughs> um, but uh, so yeah, we're just shooting the shit. End up uh, watching driver intros. Once that's all done. Go right back over to uh, I go over to, to Tim's little party area. I gave I gave uh, Ty Goldberg and, and Justin our two tickets. Um, Charlie and Lindsay had their seats, so they all went to the grandstands. And I'm just standing over there with you know Tim and Christian and um, no Noah's a lot of Noah's crew is over there as well. They're so. pretty sweet little setup you guys had there. Yeah, they they this year they really so the party deck little deal that they had they didn't really they didn't have that last year. So you were kind of just standing on the back of the actual truck this time. You had like an extra like three or four feet. Uh, so that was wicked cool. We did a bunch of shotguns, a couple shotgun videos, and uh, just you know watched the whole race from from up on top of there and didn't fall over, which is uh, pretty fucking surprising, I guess. But for the first handful of well, the first handful, I mean like the first two hundred laps is pretty much just the Derek Thorne show, as you know, as advertised it's been for the last three years. Yeah, just same old, same old. And so, so uh, going back to what Charlie just said, don't bring up fucking Josh Berry. We get to lap two fifteen. I uh, text Mike Rainville and I'm like. My drivers are one through five right now. If we find a way to fuck this up and I don't win any money, I am going to be fucking pissed. Well, well, I don't know. About 20 laps later, Josh Berry's around on the backstretch. I'm like, you've got to be fucking kidding me. That's and then, why you never look at your sports bets while they're live. Yeah, and well, Something and then, like that. It's like it, it's. I was explaining it. I entered my dad uh, with a lineup. I didn't read the rules or enough of the rules, so I was like, I don't know if I can enter two. I was like, oh, I'll just use my dad's name. He crushed like his lineup. Bob, was, that's the same name as yours. His lineup was stout after qualifying. He had like twenty three points. We were second out of eighty nine after qualifying. I'm like, Dad, you fucking nailed it. Yeah. And I never looked at it again. And that was right about the very end of the race. I'm going through my text with Mike, and I'm like, ah, I dumped fucking Sammy Smith for Geo. Tough. Yeah. But, yeah. Yeah. You can't. So I was explaining it to my dad. I was like, Oh, it's like a DraftKings lineup. And he's like, well, What sports book does that? And I'm like. Mm, you're so old. No. <laughs> I go, Dad. DraftKings didn't pick up the snowball derby. Like it's a private deal anyway. And uh, yeah, but you can't look at your live bets. Well, until well, so the race is over. So I look up though, and it's fucking Josh Berry's around. All right, cool. And I'm like, all right. Well, there's only like 12 cars in the <laughs> off lead lap. the right front of Hunter Robbins. And then Josh Berry's around again. Off the right front of Hunter Robbins. <laughs> and then and then Josh Berry's around literally again. And I'm like, you've got to be the right front me. buried into the roll cage. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, that was that was a little bit after the fact that Ty Majeski decided to use Eric Jones as a ramp and fucking destroyed his whole car. That was fucking Ty nuts. Ty tried for so long to clean himself out, and he finally succeeded when he just. Smash into the side of Cole Butcher, getting uh, into three. Uh, I didn't, Cole gave him more than enough room. Well, I, I saw the. <laughs> I didn't see what happened. All I saw was Eric Jones come back around. And the car was fucking destroyed. Side note: use a little bit more than a couple pop rivets and a stick of bubble gum to hold your body panels on. No, holy it's not fuck. that. Fuck. <laughs> and and I, 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 I saw the car come around. I was like, holy fuck, that had to have been huge. And I look up at the, the jumbotron. They, they rubbed. The, yeah. yeah the, well, <laughs> well uh, he did ramp. Time Majeski kind of ramped him. But, you know, Eric Jones gets out. He, I feel like he's typically a pretty level-headed dude, oh, he's right? Pissed. He was fucking, like, pissed. big man. Like, you could see him physically biting his lower lip before yeah. he even said a word. Well, he's like... And he, then he started talking, and then you could see, like, bing! I've said too much. Yeah. Shut it down. Well, even he was like, yeah, he fucking pounded me in the ass, and then all of a sudden it was on top of me. And I looked at the replay, and Ty Majeski never even attempted to pass him. He just no, fucking Eric, drove right Eric through the back gave of him. him, like three quarters of a groove and was coming down like hey you're not 
you know, you're not coming in. You're you're almost pulling out. Never yeah. pull out. Nice. So he continued to just take the bottom, and I mean, you're talking professional race car driver versus professional race car driver. Ninety one needs to back out there, and nope, he gasses it up. Uh, it just drove through him. The, and and, and it Ty wasn't, did. Ty did admit that that's that's what happened. But yeah. you know, like it, it wasn't his position. It wasn't hundred yeah, I mean, hundred twenty something laps to go. Yeah, I mean, they're both in the top five, just riding. I mean, you know, Eric. I don't. I don't even think he'd shown his cards yet. He probably had a no. better car than we even will ever know. Yeah. yeah, I think. I think Eric Jones is gonna fucking win the thing or be damn close to doing it. And that, uh, that being said, when yeah. you when you start blowing windows out, it, you're probably done for the day. Well, it was funny from our vantage point. So you could see that the thing whole was held together with fucking toothpicks. You yeah, could see yeah. the whole racetrack. You could see the tops of the cars through one and two, and then there was like a trailer. I don't even know what it was, but it was still parked out of turn two. So you missed just that little spot where fucking Ty ramped up over him. So all you see is Eric Jones coming down like almost full speed with half the, the car left. Destroyed. And I then don't you think just see he body knew how panels. Up it was. No, you see body panels like bouncing off the fence, off the fucking Spoiler wall, braces. coming back across. The windows on the fucking backstretch. Yeah. <laughs> we were like, what the fuck? So then obviously you see what happens, see the replay. Like, how the fuck did that even just completely destroy his well, car? But Also, that happened. Plus, fucking dude buddy in qualifying backed it into the wall. They backed it into the wall. Nothing too crazy. Blew the fucking, roof off the thing. Yeah. It's like, what are you guys fucking doing They here? put three more eighth inch aluminum rivets back in it and he drove from last to a qualifying spot in the flake yeah. Uh, yeah. LCQ. He was flying. Anthony Cataldi. Yeah. Literally blew the roof off the thing. I backed into the wall at Oxford like way fucking harder and it like bent the rear bumper. And... It didn't look like he hit that hard. No. And it, fucking, it folded the roof on itself. Yeah. I'm like, holy shit. But that's what these guys do. They just, they there's no body bracing. Everything's lightweight, lightweight. and It shows. It's all well and good <laughs> yeah. until you, you know, get hit and yeah. half the body falls off. Yeah, the the cautions just I mean it was a pretty like like I said boring race for the first 200 laps. I mean that wasn't boring but Derek Derek Thorne was just putting on a it fucking is, show. It is it is the perfect it, race to put on in the race shop to work on your stuff cuz I did. I I probably missed most of the first 220 laps cuz it's like you look up Oh, they're pitting for more tires. Oh, the 43 still leading. Oh, Connor Jones, you're a moron. Why did you stay out without <laughs> tires? How'd that work out for you? And then, like, like it's the first time Josh Berry spun. I'm like, okay, I shut the welder off, pulled up a chair. Yeah. Like, time to tune in. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, that was the first of fucking three, it seemed like, at least. But uh, the end of the race obviously got crazy. Luke Luke Fenhouse spun out at one point. Ty Majeski was around. Uh, like, Josh Berry just kept wrecking. And then, you know, at the end, it, it looked like, honestly, either Nassie or it looked like Sammy Smith was going to be able to catch him. Actually, Cole Butcher, um, for quite a while, we were watching him as they were coming around. One of the last green, long green flag runs. It looked like Cole was getting closer, and we're like, yeah, like, Cole's going to get him, I think. Like, if they're one, like, little slip-up from Derek away from Cole just getting under him and moving him out of the way, and um would have been interesting to see if that was able to happen. But there was one point where they came around, they had, like, a car length and a half back to Cole, and then... Uh, I think one of the lap cars, I don't remember which one it was, just let Derek go and then raced the shit out of Cole, and Cole fell back, you know, five or six car lengths within like two or three laps. But it looked like Cole was going to have a shot, and then it, it honestly, I thought Sammy was going to move him going into turn one. Kind um, of expected it, honestly. Yeah. He's, uh, I don't know if he has a reputation of being dirty, but maybe a reputation of being immature. Like, um, if I recall, it was New Smyrna either last year or the year before. He won the championship for the week, but didn't win a race, and was like, "Championship means nothing. I didn't win the race." Yeah, that was this year, I believe. So I think definitely, definitely expected something to happen, yeah. and he didn't, really, which is props to him. Yeah, and he got out, and I think in his interview he said like the only way he was going to be able to win is if he moved. And he drove one, and he didn't. He drove do as aggressively as you can without cleaning someone out. I mean, he yeah. almost forced the issue three wide on multiple restarts, and and had a 
had a nose under Derek at one point. You could see Derek was fighting for his life, but as long as he got it pointed straight in two, it was game over. Yeah. He'd put a car length and a half on the backstretch alone. Yeah. yeah. No, it, was, it was badass to just see him pull that, away that every is, time. That is like one of the like biggest what, what do I do moments when you're in the lead and you're going into one on like a green white check and you're like is that motherfucker going to lift behind me cuz what do you do there's right. n- nothing and you especially can do if you're Derek Thorne this happens every year I get cleaned out by fucking one of the Donnie Wilson cars right. or somebody else you know yeah yeah you almost got to be expecting it at that point but every restart it looked like you know diving into turn 1 that he was going to get someone underneath him but like you'd lose those the, the you all you see is the top of the cars and you're like oh fuck I think he's under there he's under there he's under there and then they're like down the middle of the backstretch like you said car length and a half and so Derek Thorne goes on to win the race and then gets out and says that uh I guess he said it earlier in the day but we'd somehow yeah, missed I, that I missed that too yeah that it was going to be the last race for Campbell Motorsports so he's out of a Ride, well, I guess, they, at this point. No, they gave they're going to give or they gave him and his crew chief the cars. Oh, okay. So it's basically I think the two guys that are running the show are still gonna be running the show. They're just gonna probably need somebody else to pay for it, was yeah. what yeah. I gathered. But interesting. That oh. seems reasonable. Yeah. 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 Seems yeah. like a pretty solid deal, I guess. Yeah. But <clears throat> I mean he probably made them a million dollars in lap money alone just in the last three years of that race. So. Yeah. The lead the race is only three hundred laps. And in the last three, three years, he's he led the 912 lap. laps in the last three years and only won it once. Well, I mean, to be fair, this past year, he led 315 laps of the 300 laps. 307 out, oh, of, out of 318. Yeah. Well, yeah. You get it. Absolutely fucking wild stat. But at the end of the day, uh, did end up finishing P2, tied with Greg Emerson. We had the exact same lineup in uh, Mike Rainbell's race pool. So pocketed a little bit of cash after uh, losing all my snowflake bets by quite a lot and uh, losing the uh, we didn't re- even really touch on the snowflake because they went green at two and none of us watched it but Casey Roderick led lap or, dick stamp yeah led led flag to flag so and Derek I don't even know if he really got a chance to give it a go I think he was just waiting and they had a late race restart and he got up in the mist in turn one and slid it all the way to the fence and rejoined in line at about 10th and said fuck this I'm not gonna win and pulled off yeah, and I respect the hell out of that move, and that is a move that more people need to do, because there's too many people who keep their shit box out there running 25th all night right in the way, uh, that don't have that mentality that should sometimes. Yeah, I thought that was interesting to see when I uh, I think I just read it on Racing America or something that he pulled off. I was like, well, that's fucking Ooh, weird. That doesn't seem I, like something he would do. Derek Thorne. Derek Thorne. Oh, oh, oh. snowflake. He, yeah, oh, they, the flake. he the restarted flake. second, and I rewatched it Sunday morning because I'm like, I paid thirty dollars for this. I should I should probably watch it. Didn't really. I don't know. I guess I still thought that the outlaw race was going to happen. I don't know how I missed that until after the fact, which we'll touch on that. But uh, like I said, he went in on the outside, got just a little high. I don't think the top groove was quite dried off. You know, the fog was rolling in anyway and uh, just skirt all the way to the fence. I don't know how he kept it out of the fence in turn two, but he came, he blended back in line in 10th and they crashed somewhere else. And he was like, yeah, I'm not, we can't, it was only like 12 to go. He's like, I'm not wrecking this race car over 10th place. Fuck that. And I quote tweeted, Matt Tweaver, Matt Weaver had tweeted that. And I quote tweeted it and said, clearly he didn't know I had him in his my fantasy lineup. He really should have <laughs> stayed out there and wrecked his race car for me. Yeah, every single uh, lineup I had also had him in there as well. So that uh, didn't do, him any, do me any good. And I also had Mike Hopkins in uh, all three, I believe, of mine as well. So also didn't do me any good. But yeah, I don't know. Do we ever figure out what happened to him? He was running up front early. And, yeah, power steering. Right, right, yeah. I did hear that. Um, yeah, but that was a bummer. But yeah, we didn't we didn't even really watch that, and obviously we didn't watch the uh, outlaw race because yep. they made nobody an egregious did. fucking decision. So, One of the worst decisions I have ever heard a racetrack making in my life. Yeah. So uh, we we've talked about this pretty extensively 
even at the airport, even after it happened and all that stuff. The decision that they made, I think we can all agree, was wrong. That there was a way to somehow get them to race. This Whether even, it was this Monday, even backtracks. I'm going to even back it up even further than before it rained. So I got out of work. Or I was working on my race car. and I was like, I want to go home, at least watch the LCQs. So I get home. I'm not really paying attention to the schedule. I just know that they're expecting the LCQs to roll off at like 5.30 hour time. Or I'm sorry, the uh, flake time trials. So I get home. I catch the end of flake time trials. And then we wait 45 minutes to have the flake LCQ. Uh-huh. Why not run the derby LCQ in between flake time trials and the flake LCQ? They don't. That's a great question, Bob. So they piss away 45 minutes there. It was an impound race, so nobody could work on their cars. You All you had to do was just go get the guys that didn't qualify, roll them to the front of pit road, and tell them to realign and go back out. The So then and then they run the LCQ for the Derby, and then they have a scheduled intermission. So you, you cost yourself a window of opportunity there that it's like, why didn't you run... You could have started. You could have moved everything up forty-five minutes, at least. So, also, yes, that is all factual. Also, there's like three other opportunities too. Like moving forward. Yeah, so, I guess what what ended up happening for those I don't know if, if anyone listening to right. us doesn't know what went on. The outlaw sportsmen were supposed to run after the snowflake. They got them all out on the racetrack. It had been foggy as piss for the last twenty-five laps of the flake. You could see the fog rolling in. They get them all lined up, gridded on the front stretch, and they go. No, nope, not doing it. You guys can come back next weekend. Right. Already have all their money, all their tire money. 33 their... cars, qualified tires. Yeah. One team came from Maine. Yeah. Granted, oh. the race car wasn't from Maine, but he flew himself and his whole fucking family down to watch him. Oh, there was there was plenty of people that we found at airports and just Test. wherever we were, restaurants. That they were like, well, our, our whole team and family came down from Michigan. Oh, yeah. yeah I know Alabama. Came from tech. I went and I Wisconsin. specifically found the entry list of the sportsmen. Might have been three teams from Pensacola, Florida. Yeah. yeah. A lot but, of Alabamas, a lot of Texas. Um couple georgia like i said one main joey pastori michigan I mean, fucking all over his the place. mom his his wife the kids whole family just for them to go now you guys can come back next weekend yeah yeah pretty cool absolutely yeah. egregious so so we we discussed this obviously between you know going to going to restaurants with people and being at the airport just having downtime we're like everyone that's on online that said anything about them running the outlaw race on sunday is an idiot you're not going to be able to do it. You've never been to the Derby before if you think that that's even possible because it is such a logistical nightmare to get everyone into that racetrack that they need all that parking in the actual racetrack for cars. Unless you want them to park the race cars about two miles down the road and then drive them down the road and then go race them and then drive them back, which obviously can't fucking happen, you can never have it. Snowball Derby Day is Snowball Derby Day, and it's like that for a reason, and they take all the haulers out of there on Sunday morning. So you can see the racetrack. There's going to be no way, shape, or form that race can happen on Sunday. And and logistically speaking, like Brad is saying, the only access to the racetrack is a four-lane highway. So there's really, other than the parking lot of the racetrack, you have cars quite literally lined up for like four to five miles down the road on either side that people are parking and walking to the racetrack. 
there was no place to put this shit. It, what, uh, the, other than maybe like a field out back, I guess. But it's Derby Day. That's full of fucking you know commuter cars for people that are walking to the racetrack. Yeah, you're so not, I there's no way to be able to do that. You're not going to be able to to put them in the racetrack or even anywhere near the racetrack. The one thing that it, moving it to Saturday makes no fucking like next Saturday makes no fucking sense. Why the fuck didn't they just Monday bring them back to the racetrack on Monday morning and race them at 10 a.m. 11 a.m. Most people get flights from Monday night or Tuesday. Even if even if they didn't, I'm sure that they would have tried to find a flight to be rescheduled so that they didn't. Because like, no one's going to go back on next Saturday. Like, th- it makes no uh, fucking sense. have nine cars. No, I have a guy that I don't even know who this guy is. Um, on my Facebook friends, I was reading his comments today. He's local, and he's like, I already got shit going on next weekend. We're not going back. Qualify, tires bought, fuel bought, pit passes, everything. Yeah. Throw it away. I kind of hope now this would be cutting off your nose to spite your face because of all of those things I just said. You bought your fuel, you bought your tires, all that. I hope no one shows up. Yeah. Not a single car. Yeah. Yeah. Regardless, if if no one shows up, like obviously you just said, they have all their money. That but what they are they? But they're they're, they're going to run just pay, that. They're going to they're going to have yeah. to pay the staff. They already announced they're just going to let anyone that wants to come watch for free watch for free. Which, sure, you'll probably get a handful of people, but you know Not you got to think about yeah, you got to think about you know they're going to have to have people manning the concession stand. They're going to have officials, and the, all these people are getting paid. So at least they're losing money on that. But I really hope that there's five cars that show up because like we obviously paid. We wanted to watch the outlaw race. We stayed around for two and a half hours while it was raining to watch the snowflake and then the outlaw race. And then it got to be like, all right, well this is going to end up being a five and a half hour ordeal. Fuck that. And then they move the outlaw race to next Saturday, and we're like, well that's fucking stupid because I know for a fact us and all of our friends that have 4 a.m. or 4 p.m. 5 p.m. flights out of Pensacola would have loved to go back to the racetrack on Monday and instead of going and sitting around Waffle House and all the local bars gone and just yeah. bought food bought beers and Monday just like, you, like you said Monday is kind of a, a de facto rain date yeah. like like you said everybody kind of just plans on it anyway and and even on I can almost see an argument for Sunday morning, early, early Sunday morning. If you made everybody get out of the infield except for the outlaws, but maybe, you, maybe, the, maybe, but it'd have to be early. But I, you're you're talking like a seven a.m. race. Like the, I, I would rather race a seven a.m. than not at all. The Derby is at what was it one? Yeah. So you, you're Local. everybody's already there by like nine ten o'clock as it is. It's a fifty lap race, though. I mean, you're not talking something's going to take all day. Well, some of those some of those outlaw guys like to wreck some shit. Put them um, on a time limit. I don't know. Like they, I said, I would rather they, race. They, a, I would rather race inconveniently on a Sunday or Monday than not at all. The, there was an answer. The one that they chose was, was not, not the right answer. And, and looking back to part of the schedule, what is it? Fr- yeah, Friday. All you have is qualifying, qualifying, and a mod race. Why is that not just scheduled for that night anyway? Well, I'm sure they didn't think... And if it doesn't rain, it doesn't fog, it's not an issue. So I I, I understand. But that would have been the perfect day to do it because Thursday is already your your amateur night at the strip club night. You're ready to go. You have your trunks and stonks and all that stuff. Friday, you've got your qualifying, qualifying, hype it up as much as they do. It's sick. And then there's just one race. Right. And now already the outlaw race is kind of misplaced regardless, putting it after the flake. Right, because I bet. So it's like even, well, just put it with even the when it go, Even when it goes well, a majority of people leave after the flake, I bet. Right. Yeah. So why wouldn't you just put it on the modified night where all you have is qualifying in a modified race? Right. Yeah. I don't know. They made the wrong decision. Yeah. But, uh, we got some Patreon questions. David before. Oliver had the uh, quote of the 
the whole ordeal. He said, typical Southern decision, slow and, and wrong. wrong. Yeah, <laughs> I saw that too. <laughs> to which I guess, so I didn't see this, but he was, uh, we were talking about it yesterday at work. He was like, some guy's like, it's the ignorant shit like that makes me glad Beatridge is gone. Okay. You're still wrong. Yeah. Like, yeah. You can be happy that Beatridge is gone. Fine jokes on us. Yeah. <laughs> Southern tracks still do it wrong and yeah. slow most of the time. Yeah. yeah. Don't even get me started on fucking New Smyrna. Southern time. Uh, starting on the pole. <laughs> Which that's not even a Southern thing. That's, <laughs> yeah. That's another, that's an that's our a, problem. That's a no, Northern the, thing. The, the Southern thing is we're going to start racing at seven o'clock and then they take the green at nine 45. You're like, what in the well, fuck they, is going on? And if on? they start at seven, the first race is over. The second one's not lined up yet. No, oh, not, they're not even out of the haulers yet. They're, they're fucking, there's an hour in between every race, but, um, this, this entire show, obviously the, the Derby recap, uh, episode 196. We, it's, it's a, there's a sponsor, Bob. It's one that we've had uh, the last few weeks here. It's uh, Coldbrook Trailers and Equipment located at 800 Coldbrook Road in Herman, Maine. Coldbrook Trailers and Equipment offers some of the best deals on utility trailers, enclosed trailers, snowmobile trailers, construction trailers, and dump trailers. They're pleased to announce that they now offer edge trailers, custom race car haulers as well. Their lineup of new trailers from Delta, North Force, Granite State, and Edge offers a one-stop shop. Stop in to see their ever-changing inventory as as well as their full service parts and service department. Call them at 207-605-0108. Again, that's going to be 207-605-0108. Both mean, Brad and I looked at each other <laughs> and just thought utilities. Utilities. If, and and that's you, why Charlie <laughs> reads the ad. If, if, you, if you need any utility trailers, I'm sure that they have those as well. Uh, so let's get to some Patreon questions. We do got a slew of those ones, as well as some ones that we completely fucking missed last week. Uh, as we uh, we had oh, some yeah. that we pertained, did, we did botch that. We, we had some that pertained to uh, Freddie and Timmy, and some that did not. And then when we uh, recorded with them first, we completely forgot to go backtrack to the Patreon questions. So uh, first up this week is Nate Barth, which uh, his question is: What is a division you thought would never work, but actually took off? I just lost like lo- locally or just like period probably just in general <laughs> work but actually took off um i'm i'll say limiteds at oxford yeah that that had its struggles at the beginning of the year but by 250 weekend and the end of the year they had a healthy little field of them and kind of came at the expense of wiscasset i mean wiscasset had 25 to 30 signed up you know before the year started and uh but Give credit for Tom making it work. Um, and he didn't give up on it. There was some nice things, like fucking four or five of them. Uh, but had a full field of them the last few times I saw him up there. So That's a it's not that I didn't think that that wouldn't great. work, but it. It's always tough trying to adopt something from another racetrack that's as niche as that is to begin with. Yeah, it was, it, it was a ca- class of car that really doesn't run anywhere anyway. Yeah, it, it, you have a car that runs at two racetracks, Beatridge and Wiscasset. Well, now one racetrack is completely gone. So now it's Oxford and Wiscasset. And having to adopt that and then who's going where and all that stuff. Um, it was good to see that both places ended up with a pretty healthy count, you know, in their own respective ways and, and how they do things. Um, to answer Nate's question though, the division that thought that they would work out, but, or didn't, or actually did work out. Um, I don't know what my answer to that is, but my dad, um, when we lived out in California, he did the, like, like a 600 racing, like school deal. He did it with like Brian Stewart and all those like off-roading guys. They had their own little legend card deal. And everybody's like, ah, oh, those fucking things, they're dumb. They're never going to take off and this, that, the other thing. And now it is literally like a g- global entity, uh, 600 racing, and they're fucking everywhere. 
some somewhat like that, I guess. Uh, the dwarf cars, I feel like every time I would go and see those, they'd kind of just be like an also on the schedule, uh, and they would have six six of them, eight of them. And uh, now I feel like you go anytime you go, they have a healthy car count, and obviously it's a lot of the competitors that get together, and uh, they have a nice little group of people, and you go, and there's like 20 of them. Reminds me of the uh, old days at Beach Ridge watching Legend Cars. So uh always like seeing a nice field of those. And uh, Jeff Ramsdale said, uh, uh, Brad, last week, the restaurant you were at was Quinn's question mark. Awesome place to eat, which is actually the second person that has reached out to me and asked if I was at Quinn's. Yes, I believe it was Quinn's awesome place to eat. No place to park. Um, highly recommend not parking in the Burger King Do parking lot. not park at the fucking Burger King. <laughs> uh, and Jeff Ramsdale said uh, as well, best moment of the snowball. Um, for me, it has to be just the official uh, Justin. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I think it, at one point I had replied to one of your stories and was like, this kid is a national treasure. He <laughs> is. Yeah. I think it was something. when he was doing uh, the Macarena. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Yeah. <laughs> he, uh, he was doing the Macarena and jumping jack for him. Yes. <laughs> he, uh, so don't kill his vibe. <laughs> so he, he watched that Bitch, video. My vibe. <laughs> he watched that video and he's like, damn I'm good basically <laughs> and uh so we're sitting in the stands and I go on Instagram and uh, I get a DM from Tyler Reddick who just says my god that dude has all the moves and Justin's <laughs> like can you can you screenshot that and send it to me and I'm like yes, I'm gonna buddy. frame it <laughs> yes, yes buddy I can uh probably honestly that moment at Wild Greg's that was probably the best moment because uh there was some moments this weekend where we weren't all together that was one of them where we were and uh we're all having a good time drinking and dancing and uh uh, Uncle Tony was uh, he supplied a round of beers, and uh, we were just having a grand old time. So I would say uh, my favorite moment of the whole weekend was just before I had to go and pull my own trigger. Um, we went to, we went back to McGuire's Sunday night after the derby, and uh, we we were hanging out with Noah and his lady friend and Emma, and it wasn't so much like a typical like us deal where we're just like raging and partying and all that stuff. It was very much a group of like. 20 of us we're at mcguire's we're all just chit-chatting having a good time having some drinks you know Lindsay and emma made friends and then you know we're, we're talking to all the guys met casey jones and, and that whole crew there awesome 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 people um and we had reserved like a, a spot for 20 of us and they gave us like a room out back we were away from everybody else and it was just us and we we're just hanging out having a good time and uh that was probably the the moment of reflection of like Damn, this is pretty fucking cool. Look, like looking at the table, we had Noah, uh, Tony Hirschman showed back up to to hang out with us. We had the the whole Casey Jones crew there. Lindsay and Emma are having their time over there with the you know, the cackling gals and all that stuff. So uh, that was probably my favorite part of the whole weekend. I think my uh, best moment of the snowball is when I was like, you know what, this race doesn't really excite me. I think I'm gonna go next year. Yeah, <laughs> it's worth your time, Bob. Yeah. No. It's one of those things that I've said I've wanted to go to. My dad's been there, you know, worked on cars that qualified. Um, I don't recommend working. No, but even he's like, yeah, it, it, you got to go do it once. Like, yeah. you know, like I said, this race doesn't really, doesn't really get me excited, but it seems like an experience that uh, if I'm going to do a, but, do a show about race cars and experiences that I should probably go well, do that, that was, of race cars. That was part of why I was so excited to bring Lindsay because she had never been down and never had the opportunity to go down so we're like let's, let's fucking go let's do it and like it's almost more exciting and we're talking about this with cusack too because nick had never been down either so we're telling him like all the spots to go to and like this is what you want to do and it's almost as fun 
reliving it with someone for their first time as it was for our first time. So, you know, showing her like Flora Bamworth for the first time, she's like, Oh my God, this place is sick. And then we went to, uh, to Shaggy's the last night there. And then we, you know, Maguire, she fell in love with Maguire's and it's just, it was really cool to like have that experience for the first time almost all over again. So bringing more people to the racetrack is the whole fucking point of this show. So uh, I, I just, I think that that's, another experience from our point of view as well too yeah highly uh highly recommend it can't recommend it enough and uh, i actually called um amanda yesterday right after we got home and she's like yeah i'm going to bed but uh she's like oh how was you know how was the weekend as a whole i'm like oh it was great and she's just like yeah you know i gotta be honest um you, when you said you'd like buy my flight and everything it really wasn't interesting at all to me and then uh i watched you know you and everyone's snapchats this weekend and watched the race on racing america and uh yeah, I'd really like to go next year. I was like, yeah, you my, will be going. One of my favorite quotes of all time, and it comes from, of all people, Dan Collins. He says, the actual turning left part of racing is like 1% of it. it it's about going and having the experiences and, and doing stuff that you, you would never be able to do at home if you had just stayed at home and watched it on TV and, and stuff like that. It's seeing new things, going to these new places, and, oh, yeah, by the way, we're going to the race, too. And like you're hanging out with all of these people. That's what's fucking awesome about doing stuff like this. Like we've said it a million bajillion times. Come for the race cars. Stay for the people. You get it. Yeah. Wide. Uh, Woody Pickett said, uh, how do we ever live without cell phones? Which Just I don't fine. Know, I don't know, Woody, as we're all staring at this question on our cell phones. Yeah, honestly, I, feel I have like, no idea. So, as most people are listening to this program, off their cell phones. <laughs> yeah, honestly, I have But no I idea. also feel like we, we're like the last generation that grew up like as cell phones became a thing. Yeah, like I and, had my first iPhone. I was a junior in high school. Yeah, I didn't have my first cell phone until I was like 16. Yeah, I remember having to uh, ask, uh, you know, friends and uh family when they were going to be on aim and when i should go home and get home or get on the computer i remember yelling at my mother to get off the phone because i was on the internet yeah, calling yeah. your friend's house petrified that their parents would answer because oh. you just wanted to go play basketball oh, oh yeah worst. and then having to ask them if they could come out and hey, play yeah can nick come play basketball no oh, fine sorry like there was literally the rule of like if it's daylight out get the fuck out of the house yeah. If it's the dark out, when the light be comes sure on, you're fucking back at the when house. When the street light comes on, yeah. get the fuck back The home. amount of times I just, even as like a nine or ten year old, just jump on my bike and just strike off. Oh my yeah. God. Not tell a single that, person. That was the no. most Wyndham thing. Like you said, we were like the tail end of when that was still kind of okay. Yeah, yeah. just hop on your bike and not be home for nine hours. Like I would just wake up in the morning, summer vacation. I'd ride my bike three or four miles across town to my buddies. They were playing street hockey. We'd play all day, beat the piss out of each other. My parents, they were at work all day. My sister, yeah. she was gone to whatever. Yeah, and that made, and that was okay. And I rode. Oh shit! Nah, it's like five o'clock. My parents are gonna be home making dinner. I gotta ride home, and that just was the norm. That and then, yeah. but that was just okay. Like that made sense to everybody. Everybody nowadays, the thought of having a child that would do that is like, oh, absolutely not. Yeah. You're going fucking where? When? Yeah. No, you're not. Yeah. <laughs> All day? Yeah. Fucking get bent. Uh, <laughs> on the flip side, I mean, obviously. The good old days were the good old days, but um, being able to like sit in my race car and read the scale numbers off my phone. Oh, they they do they do That's have very slick. <laughs> they have their perks. They definitely make a lot of things a lot easier. Yeah. And the fact that they're called cell phones is misleading. Hardly ever do I call somebody with this thing. Yeah, yeah, no. That's uh. I feel like maybe that's just a me thing then. Yeah, I would much if you if I have something to say, I would much rather have a five second conversation about it than texting. Because I promise I won't text you back. No, nope, I just I'm, I'm awful at it. I'm the other way around. I'm gonna send you a text, and then this conversation will resume when I'm ready for it to resume. Correct. 
I don't have time. But I use my phone as a level more often than I do as a phone to make (laughs) phone calls in a week. My toxic trait is getting a text message from somebody, looking at it, coming up with a response in my head, and then just like thinking I sent it and just not even looking at my phone. Mm -hmm. Uh, (laughs) It's awful toxic. Uh, Woody, Woody also said, uh, how do they get the street stonk out of the pool? Which, Probably uh, a tow truck. Yeah, they did. I don't they know did. how still, um, but they did. They just wonder if they had it to, right like, out of the whole thing. Do they have to like deploy the same tactics that like the tow companies up here have to use when a car falls through the ice? Like they got to put airbags underneath it and float it to the surface. I mean, they fucking must I, have. I don't, I don't understand I still how don't they did understand. it still, yeah. but, uh, sure also, you, you also been able to like pick it up with one and then drag it out with I another. also how think deep was that the might pool because the roof was sticking out of the water and I'm taller than most cars and I'm pretty short so how shallow well, like was that pool shallow end like of five a, feet shallow end of a pool is normally like three or four feet so. fucking a Kono roof in fucking probably just meant for children what adult is going into that pool well, other than that kid Kazo in the to eight, try I to guess. get his car yeah just think about how clean his race car was though <laughs> quite rusty I something assume. like that Probably cleaned all the oil out of like any little spot where oil. Probably cleaned the duct tape numbers right off of it. (laughs) (laughs) Chlorine will wipe off duct tape, I imagine. Uh, Our buddy Slim said, "Are the WalMarts in Florida trashier than New England?" (laughs) Oh boy, do we have a story for you? The people are. So we get yeah. Yeah, Flashback to our inaugural, well, my inaugural uh, Speed Weeks trip, where Brad picked up a uh, guy in like a football jersey at Mm -hmm. WalMart. Yeah, uh, yeah. Don't don't do that. Maybe made him help sell drugs. I don't do that. I think the rule of thumb, like Texas, everything's bigger in Texas, right? Florida, everything's just trashier in Florida. Yeah, uh, general rule of th- yeah, definitely. The date, um, the Daytona Walmart. This is my only experience. Very nice place. Oh yeah, yeah. But like you said, the people. Oof. Daytona is also, certainly as a whole more uh, nicer, which is saying something in some places than Pensacola in areas like downtown Pensacola. Very very nice. Gorgeous. Over towards Florabama, very very nice. Where we were staying, it's it's no different than Atlantic City. If you if the boardwalk. Gorgeous, beautiful, ready to do anything you want. You go two streets over, don't. Yeah, don't get. Yeah, don't get. <laughs> yeah. yeah, don't go two blocks away from the boardwalk. And, and the, uh, yeah, fuck. We we it. pull into Walmart after, oh, so okay. we unload whatever. We go to Walmart, like I said, when we were getting all of our beers, wed, and there is a right. homeless dude with no legs who has now pissed himself. Oh no! And is just sitting up next to the door. Oh, he had one leg. Okay, sorry. He had one leg. <laughs> and I was he, say, used if this... he had no legs. How's, who's to say he didn't just like roll into a puddle? And he, and he used this third one to fucking water the concrete. Uh, well, you, you also yeah. left out the homeless guy that wanted to fight the car. Uh, Not us. That did happen. The car. Yeah. yeah. Maybe that car deserved it. He wanted to box it, it the did. car. It did. We didn't know it yet, but it did. Not us. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, that, that was that was like minute one of having that. Also, the the Walmart deal in Florida. Walmart in Florida has what's called a Walmart neighborhood market, and they also have Walmart Supercenter. Walmart neighborhood market. That's the trashy one. It's just it's Walmart but green, and it's like a Hannaford. Okay, I get it. But it's also like two miles from Walmart. It's like couldn't could we not have consolidated that somehow? We're gonna put your Walmart on the Walmart. <laughs> it, it's the most like bizarre thing ever. It's literally just like a Shaw's. And it, it's, it's Walmart, store. but every logo is a green instead of blue. That is the thing. And then it was two miles down the road, which is Walmart, and which I was very confused. very very interesting. Badger, uh, so answer no yeah. or yes yes they are yes, trash here. Badger ninety nine uh, dash Tyler sup boys new patron. 
In the spirit of homeboy doing Sadid. doing donuts and abandoning the car in turn one, what's the angriest you've been in the race car at the officials? I actually Fuck. just told this story a couple episodes ago. Um, Star Classic 2017. I was running fourth, um, catching the dude in third. We're rolling up on lap cars. Dude in third drives over a lap car. They both spin. I jump on the brakes, get sideways, go skirting through the dirt. Only lost two positions. Uh, race control, which was... Um, Brian Callen at the time, I have the absolute utmost respect for Brian as a race director and official, but he deemed that I was part of the caution and put me to the back, which was 21st, instead of, even if you had just gave me the blend-in spot of, like, 5th or 6th, absolutely ruined my race, there's no recovery, and I made sure to stomp full Danica Patrick temper tantrum right out onto the racetrack after the race and let him know what I thought of that decision. I'm kind of regretful at the time, or after the time, because, like I said, I got nothing but respect for Brian, and uh, he's a pretty straight shooter, and and uh, as I preach as a race director at the Bartlett Bridge Raceway, you may not always agree with my answer, but I'm always going to have an answer for you. And he had an answer for me. I just didn't like it. But that didn't stop me from being incredibly angry at race officials. Uh, I would say I have a 1A and 1B. 1A would be um, probably when Adam Lovejoy and I got in a fist fight on the front stretch at Beach Ridge Motor Speedway on my birthday in 2018. And... Typically, racetracks don't love fights, right? So I go back into the pits. I already know. I already know you're going to be asked to leave the racetrack. You put I, it in the box, drive around home. That's that's just standard protocol. I understand that before I even get there. Well, I'm driving the car, or I'm getting, I think, dragged by a tow truck back to the pits because they probably don't want me driving it. And I'm in the window. You guys were, like, hooked together or something. You guys, oh, were, you guys yeah. were both it was a, stove up. It was a fucking mess. But anyway, they, they're dragging us back into the into the pits because they don't want us driving them, which makes total sense. And I already know we're going to just have to load it up. Don't talk to anybody. Just fucking keep it cool. Load it up. We're going to get the fuck out of here. Well, I've got fucking Cuzzo in my ear. You got five minutes to load that fucking thing up and get out of here. You, you I, We got to get out of the racetrack. You're kicked out. You're done. Well, <laughs> I'm like, well, can I get out of the fucking thing first? Well, you know, a couple of years later, that might be my future father-in-law. Uh, so, <laughs> <laughs> uh, and then second time would probably be uh, the pre-howler at Star Speedway, where we brought basically the limited to the street stonk race, and we were doing pretty good. And you still as, brought a knife to a gun. Well, fight. as we should. Well, we should have been doing good, and we're in fourth, going for third, and we had like six laps to go, and Jimmy Storis just did the absolute most Jimmy Storis thing of all time, and went. Five wheels through the grass, fucking slammed right into me, drove us both up the racetrack, driving like a complete fucking buffoon. And same deal. Like I just I pull off the racetrack. I'm I don't even have my helmet off yet. And they're in the window telling me, you know, fuck, you better calm down. You better not do anything. I know what you're all about. Blah blah blah. I'm like, Well, for starters, can I get out first? That's all I'm asking. Like, can I get out of the car first? I haven't done said anything at all. And I'm like, well, let me get out of the car. Let me at least take my fucking helmet off. And then I proceeded to shoot my mouth. I said, well, I said, uh, well, as a matter of fact, you don't know a fucking thing about me. And I will load this up whenever I goddamn well feel like it. That's that was about it. I've uh, never listened to race control while strapped into a race car. So well, time. Brad, you only ran enduro trucks and they don't have officials. Exactly. So. <laughs> uh, only time I've ever been mad uh, at the officials was on iRacing when um, they just give the person behind you the spot or just some stupid happens. And, uh, yep, that's the only time that I've ever it's actually iRacing experienced It's not so. real. So. Well, okay. So. But enduro trucks. Actually, are. your iRacing might be more real than your enduro truck career. True. 
Uh, Tyler Owen says, uh, what would be the best way to increase the open modified entry list for Thompson that is a realistic possibility? My thought, rather than have them race once a month across April, June, July, September, and October, combine the purses, spread the wealth throughout the field, and have the schedule essentially be April with a 10000 to win race at the Icebreaker, uh, a Wednesday show in June as a 10000 to win race as well, and then uh, the October uh, fin- the, uh, World Series would uh, would also be a 10k to win race. Those are going to be 100, 100 lap races uh, with the August date for the NASCAR Wheel and Modified Tour. Um, I don't know what the correct answer is to this, but Wednesday shows are certainly not it. Yeah, I don't know what the correct answer is either. Um, I'm trying. Thompson is tough because it's very hard on your equipment. Even if things go good, it's hard on your engines. Um, you factor in the Wednesdays, and then you factor in that, you know, like I remember this year, People clowned all over Thompson because one of their open races only had nine cars. There was a Stafford Open 80 two days later. You got Tri-Track. You got Stafford Open 80s. You got Thompson's Outlaw Series. Like, the market of open modified racing has kind of become a little oversaturated. So, um, like I said, I don't know what the answer is, but... I I think the biggest problem is that we have fucking five different sanctioning bodies for the same exact race car. That that's that's yeah, key just, issue. Yeah, it's oversaturation yeah. in general. Um, it is no secret that the wheel and tour races do better at, during the midweek at Thompson than the outlaw races do. So I agree with him with keeping you know the August date for the wheel and tour is is a successful option. But like I said, I'm not a promoter. I don't know the answer. I, I will uh, say I've, that one... I've recently given up my uh, wannabe promoter hat and uh, I'm just a racer. I will say that one of the biggest questions that and Bobby can probably attest to this that competitors ask is not only okay it's 10 it's 10,000 to win but what's it pay to start yeah. that's usually one of the biggest questions that's asked because cool $10,000 to, to win that's awesome for one person but for everybody else that's spending yeah. you know 1,000 1,200 for second sweet if it's no. 1,500 for second yeah. Mm. yeah if it's twenty dollars to fucking start the race that's a problem but for all these guys who have a couple grand invested in tires and fuel and all that shit well now if you're you know even if it's like 700 bucks to start you're like okay well at least fucking tires or something to pay for when you go right. that's usually the biggest question yeah. I, I i think that the and that's what cr- tyler brings up he said spread yeah. the wealth throughout the, the, the yeah. correct answer i would think is is certainly not what they're doing now with you know the five grand to win races every you know middle of the week once a month uh something like that that doesn't really seem like it makes much sense especially being a wednesday like i i have racing america i could easily sit on my couch and watch it that being said i i'm one that likes to be at the actual racetrack so i want to go there and uh and watch that so I know that there's a lot of people, a lot of fans, you know, that that come around, come from all around the uh, the New England area that love going to Thompson Speedway. I don't know what they used to do, but being or hearing from everyone that lives in that general area that watches Modifieds, they always said that uh, Saturday or a Friday was Stafford, Saturday was Waterford, and Sunday was Thompson. And obviously that's not the case anymore. I'm not sure why that is the case. I'm sure someone that is listening now does and is punching their fucking steering wheel right now. Um, but I would think a Sunday would make far more sense than a Wednesday being that at least Sunday you didn't See, probably was, start the race. Or start when I was the day younger, Thompson was always Thursdays. And it worked, which I don't know how or why, but it did. And I guess it works for Thunder Road. I don't know if, if the difference between a Wednesday and a Thursday makes a difference. I 
I, I think that it's it's twofold, obviously probably more than twofold, but I think it's in a combination of what Bobby and I have discussed where there's already an oversaturation of you have quite literally like five or six different tours of the same exact race car. So you're already splintering your car count to begin with. So just imagine if there was just say one tour other than like the 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 NASCAR deal for open shows and everybody had one destination to go to. Well, now your car counts are up. Twofold to that, we had discussed all of this past week. Why is the Snowball Derby as successful and popular and coveted as it is? What the fuck else was happening this weekend? The St. Louis Indoor Dirt Race. Exactly. And I'm... I love indoor racing. I don't care what it is. I watched on Flow Racing a year ago lawnmowers racing indoors because I just love indoor racing. But but I watched two heat races of that St. Louis race only because Pensacola was under a delay, and I was like, I cannot fucking take this anymore. They would go 11 feet and crash. And every time they crashed, the Jersey barrier holding the chain link fence up would tip over. And Sick. I'm like, forget this. This is fucking ridiculous. But but also apples and oranges kind of too, where you, you're Florida. Different world. Yeah, totally different world different altogether. World. The but, only the only person in the world that cared about both, I think, was Carson Hosevar, and he went and ran the dirt race. Yeah. So and, and but basically what I'm saying is that for super late models, pro late models, whatever, this past weekend there was one destination. So it's finding that niche day, date, event, whatever that does not conflict with anything. And when you have six fucking tours of the same thing, that's very hard to do. And even even if you don't, racing in general in the Northeast during the summertime can be oversaturated. True. Very true. Re- regardless of even if you only had, you know, there's only one super modified tour, but you know, still trying to find, like you said, the right niche crowd. And, and extra emphasis, we don't have the answer. No, yeah, no. We're, we're just not, talking out of our ass right now. Yeah. Which is normal, but I just want to put extra emphasis on we do not know the answer. We're at least educated of the things that are coming out of our ass. I, I would think that what, what Tyler here is saying probably does make the most sense, where you don't need to have one race every month, and certainly scheduling two days before a Stafford Open 80 <clears throat> is the wrong answer. My personal opinion has always been less is more. Quality over quantity. It, it take, you got to bring a novelty back to it of some sort. Exactly what he said. Do yeah. three races, make them big money shows. Everyone's probably going to go. I, schedule I the Wednesday or schedule the Thursday or whatever the fuck, whatever you can do in June just to try to space everything out, you know, months in advance. Obviously, have the tour race because Thompson tour races tend to be a good race, except for the last one, which I still enjoyed watching. Um, I, but, I bet you almost triple the car count if you do half as many races and you do them on dates that don't fucking overlap with other shit. And the the business model for short track racing now has to be very different than what it was 40, 50 years ago. The the entire reason that we even have what we know as points systems was for the 1940s and 50s of racetracks where we had 150 cars per division. And that gave you a reason to go back to that one track every week so that you could be, quote, champion. Well, now when we're already down to, you know, relatively speaking, suffering car counts compared to when we had hundreds per division, that business model doesn't really work anymore. So people don't really care about that as much. But if you have, say, a triple crown series or a four or five race schedule spread out over something where that is its own deal, 
that seems to get the biggest pop lately as opposed to just a consistent weekly show program. Yeah, like I brought up earlier at the beginning of this segment, we talked about the Limiteds at Oxford. They had a Triple Crown Series Oxford 250 uh, weekend. Yours truly, sitting two spots to my right, won the championship that, of that event. 15 to 25 cars on all three nights average? Uh, Yeah, 20-something. Yeah. There you go. I mean, and, it, and it was a condensed three-day show. Yeah, you everybody. haven't raced since. Yeah. <laughs> Shit's still sitting in the trailer. Correct. <laughs> well, it's in the shop now, but that's um, good. Yeah. No, it, it, that... that it it gives you in a time and day where there are a million different things that you could do at any day, especially for entertainment purposes. Well, you have now given me a reason to take a day off of work, fucking get the camper set up. Let's go and make a make an event out of it, make a show out of it. And going to an eighty lap race on a Wednesday doesn't entice a lot of people. Now, one last question that uh, carry on or carried over, I guess, from uh, last week, I believe, is Oriana Lovell asked, uh, "You guys have met a lot of people in the last couple of years, but who else would you want to meet and hang out with that you haven't yet?" I want to hang out with Clint Boyer. See how that was going to be my answer, but I already did that one time, so now I got to pick a new one, I guess. Um, I'd like to I'd spend more than like five seconds with Dale Jr. too. I think I'm just gonna go out there also and give a very vague answer and say the next one. Because a lot of the ones that I have met and hung out with, a few examples, weren't exactly guys that I'd be like, man, I want to hang out with that guy. Mm -hmm. You could probably go back and listen to our scrubbed episodes, because you can't because they're scrubbed, but I'm for certain probably said a lot of less than positive things about Noah Gregson. Didn't really, was never a fan, wasn't a fan of his antics, met the dude, hung out with him, that's was totally wrong. Like he's a dog, wicked down to earth, and a very fucking smart and talented race car driver. And that was something that I'm like, ah, that kid's just a spoiled rich dub. Yeah, that is, that is one huge common misconception with Noah is that he he is not stupid. No, that I very can, smart. That I can assure you. And those are conversations that we've had in various places that don't get put on TV, don't right. get put in the public spotlight. I'm not saying they're private conversations, but. They're just he's just not portrayed yeah. in that light. Well, on TV, he's portrayed as the dipshit who's walking around with his fucking chest hairs hanging out, or which I or, love that, or trying to kiss Miss Snowball Derby the year he won it. And then, <laughs> but he's he's also the kid that yeah, like you said, has his, his titties hanging out and all that stuff, and uh, he's throwing up on himself, and he has the speaker in his hand getting introduced at the Snowball Derby. But at the end of the day, he's just a dude. Yeah. He, he's a he's a grade A dude. So in a in a weird vague way, I'll just say the next guy. Like I don't I don't know who it is. I don't prime know. prime example of that a few years ago. I didn't know what a Freddie Kraft was. Yeah, the fact I, when I, I no found idea. out that like Freddie knew who I was, and I was like, I don't know why he knows who I am. That yeah. can't possibly be good. Now he's a guy we consider a friend. Got yeah. his phone number. Tony, Tony Hirschman, call same deal. Yeah, you know, Having just a conversation with him about you know, fucking Lehigh Valley Phantoms. He's, oh, yeah, fucking 10 minutes from the arena. Let's say, go catch a that's, game. That's his stomping ground. You're fucking ready to go. And at the end of the day, it's like that's Kyle Busch's spotter, or yeah. was Kyle Busch's spotter, I should say. But it's like that that type of shit, that's what's cool to me. It's like I don't – and I think that they respect that a lot too where it's like you always have the blowhards. It's like, oh, NASCAR, let's talk about that 24-7. Oh, I'll jerk each other off. And it's like they're like, I no, I don't want to do that. Do you want to talk about work all day, Bob? 
No. No, neither do they. Even as cool as their job is. They don't want to talk about work all day. They want to get drunk with their friends. Just like us. Another, and they're just normal people. Yeah. Another real good explanation of what you were kind of saying, Bob, is uh, I don't know that beforehand or if I had never met him, I would have thought that he would be fun to hang out with and go have a beer with. But Ryan Priest also oh, yeah. very much on that list where you know he comes off the, the video of him being introduced to Stuart Haas Racing. He's like, no bullshit. And he's like has this perception of you know being this like – hard-nosed fucking asshole and almost, i mean even even super down to earth even when ryan was just a modified guy up here seen a lot of things i'm like ah, i don't know man i don't know if i like that kid's kind of arrogant like i was i was standing um in Atlantic city one year and him and justin bonsner had had an issue and i was talking to one of justin's crew members and he kind of just like arrogantly shoved his way through to get to justin to bitch at him and i'm like even then i'm like yeah but get to know him a little bit what he bought us dinner last year at atlantic city i yeah. think you yeah. know nice enough guy roof for him you know same thing. He's just a guy. He's competitive. Takes what he does seriously, and I, I can respect the hell out of that. I would think that uh, just to give an actual oh, yeah, answer. I also called him an idiot on an elevator in Atlantic City on accident once. <laughs> cool. You did, you did do that, Bob. <laughs> uh, just to give an actual that answer. Was, that was a few years ago. <laughs> certainly, uh, I think Ryan Blaney is up on that list. I feel like we have a lot of mutual friends. or um, I, know, I know for a fact that Max McLaughlin's talked to us about how he goes to his Halloween party every year, and he's friends with Cole Swindell and all them guys, and so uh, Ryan Blaney, definitely uh, up there for someone that I'd like to just have a beer with and hang out with. Seems like uh, yep. he's one of us. Uh, but that does it for the uh, Patreon question segment. But we do uh, we do have another sponsor. I actually have a Weapon of the Week, so uh, I, will, uh, I will just go ahead and say that they sponsored Weapon of the Week. Uh, they actually have been the sponsor of the album cover. So anytime that you uh, use that new iPhone update and uh, pull up the the uh, show and uh, have the big old album cover uh, right on your, your home screen, that is uh, Statewide Foam and Coatings Incorporated. They specialize in many applications of spray foam insulation, wall coatings, and other foam solutions. Call Nick Jenkins at 207-949-2557 today to find out how they can help you or visit their Facebook page, which is uh, Statewide Foam Coatings Inc., can't uh, really miss it, but uh, definitely appreciate them for hopping on board. And uh, my weapon of the week is me uh, and Justin. <laughs> <laughs> and Justin, uh, we went into the women's room. Oh no! Well, okay. So he <laughs> says that clarifying. he says that not the like first it, time that's happened. No, no. <laughs> no, no it's, it's been not. a while. Uh, he says that like it wasn't kind of hard to it, it it was very easy to fuck this up so, especially when they serve you fucking unleaded this irish <laughs> irish place <laughs> that we're talking about mcguire's right the place with the dollar bills all over the place the place where we got to hang out with Noah and all them we're eating food the bathroom doors have hands on them that point at each other and the signs say not the men's room and not okay. You're, the you're off the hook. So <laughs> Thank they're you. just <laughs> they're just asking for it. So so to he, be fair he to me, walked I into the one that has trick. a big thing that says men's on it and didn't see the not the men's room. Yeah, see that they're asking for that. That's now, the, when that's you walked in and you there was no urinal, problem. that should have been the red flag. But piss in the sink. <laughs> that's what just I like Bob. always that's does. Do. do like Bob does. Piss in the sink. Yeah. Always Sober. the solution. Uh, <laughs> anyone else have any weapons of the week? Uh, time adjust. You just ruining. <laughs> yeah, he would have been. He would have been my suggestion, but mainly because of lack of suggestions. Like I said, or just, the dude that's car that landed in the fucking pool. <laughs> yeah, that guy. Um, maybe upgrade your Harbor Freight one inch ratchet straps. Maybe. Uh, maybe let's not load it backwards. Um, or, the, or the or the dude that had the meltdown, um, but I didn't see it, so it's alleged. But uh, oh, I have a way better weapon than we. <laughs> Here we go. Our flight back. Oh, my. last yeah. night we could not have been 
more of a fuck show. Now, I am not sexist. I love women. I love my girlfriend very much. Okay. I love my mother and I love my grandmother. Thoughts and opinions of Charlie Sanborn <laughs> have nothing to do with BSauce96 <laughs> or at BobbyTibbins13. These are solely thoughts on his own and do not reflect Brad and I's opinion. Thank you. However, Charlie is not the only one that thought these aboard boarding the plane. That being said, I'm out. <laughs> I've, been, <laughs> I've been on a lot of flights. Not once has there been a woman pilot. You're, and you're yelling. I can tell how upset you are. <laughs> You think I was upset? You should have seen this fucking asshole next to me during the flight. That's rude to call your friend an asshole. I wasn't. Our friend. Oh well, I wasn't that mad. So we landed, and then I was fucking pissed. Charlie's getting redder. I have never once, ever, had a woman pilot, and this is top one biggest fuck show flight I have ever been a part of. Not a sexist podcast in my entire life. No, I love women, all of them. Well, most of them, and from there, not a sexist (laughs) podcast. we we get they one they let us get on the plane they they then seal the fucking tube up with wings on it to send us cross country right well we get all the way to the fucking end of the runway and we sit there for 45 fucking minutes and I'm sure there was a it t- valid reason I'm not done bob <laughs> and from there after a good 25 minute wait and we're all like sick what the fuck is going on ding why aren't we moving? Yeah. Uh, hey, this is your pilot. Um, we're just going to let you know that there, it's about a quarter mile of uh, site that we need to have. And it's so foggy, we only have about an eighth of a mile. It's going to be a couple minutes, but we'll be on our way. And we're like, all right, not a problem. couple minutes, my fucking dick. Another fucking half hour goes by. And we're like, we haven't even moved. They've shut an engine down. Now it's getting hot. I'm getting cunty. And I have to pee. But because we're on the runway and they're like, Oh, we gotta be ready to fucking go. If if they gotta go, we gotta go. We gotta be sitting down. If we if nobody's sitting down, you gotta be you gotta be in your seat. If you're not in your seat, we can't take off. It's gonna be a whole thing. I'm like, it's already a whole fucking thing. Don't worry. So they won't even let anybody get up to piss. It's a whole thing. If you do, there was one first class seat open that became the piss line. So people will yeah. go into the bathroom and then have to run back to their seat. And if you were next in line, you were in the first class seat, and then you had to like jump in the bathroom after that. And I don't know if. I assume somebody was probably trying to cop just a free first they, class seat. They, they had a goddamn on deck circle. This and this <laughs> flight Next up attendant. On deck. <laughs> this flight attendant lady. Oh my god! Could not have taken her job more seriously. Yeah, this this lady was a problem. Think of like usually it's like a, a teacher that you were probably being a pain in the ass to, but at the time you didn't realize it. But she was just an absolute raging fucking bitch in school. This was that lady. Just this, she this was, was treating a substitute like teacher. This. This was a substitute teacher that took your phone away. Exactly. Yeah. That that's that's what that was. Yeah. And uh, uh, one thing, I and I could not express this enough. It, it was a it was a relatively small airplane. Two seats on one side, two seats on the other side. I could not have been more in my seat. Short of like leaning over and like sucking Brad off, I could not <laughs> have been more out of the aisle. And this fucking dumb cunt slammed into me like six fucking times and i was one more fucking booty slam into my shoulder away from being on an faa fucking list (laughs) i I was gonna cause a fucking scene oh and an arms race and 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 then now this lady's like all right well some of y'all are already in in trouble to like you know get on your connecting flight and she's like getting her app up and telling people screenshot shit it's like well now you're running around the plane you're telling us we can't even piss 
So, so Charlie just combined two of the stories. So the first <sighs> thing was the fog uh, well, deal, uh, yeah. which it, it was like a 45 minute to an hour uh, delay, which we then end up in the sky. We're like, thank fucking Christ. The headache is over. We land. We're like even better. Oh. Then, so we land and they, they pull us over on like the left of this runway. Now, mind you, before we landed, they were like, oh, we're just waiting for a clear runway. Like we should be on the ground in about 10, 15 minutes. We're like, all right. And then. All of a sudden, they're like, oh, no, they have a clear runway. Oh, we're going on the ground. Like, pirates, pre- prepare the cabin for landing. Or whatever the fuck they say. We drop pretty we, quick. We drop. We land. And we get down on the ground. And then we pull off into, like, this side, like, parking lot area of a fucking airport runway system. And they're like, uh, just let everyone know what is going on. Now, this has been, like, 15, 20 minutes of us. And they're like, uh, just let everyone know what's going on. Uh, since we did land so fast, uh, our terminal is not open. Um, and uh, so we're just going to have to sit here for another probably, like, two, three minutes. And uh, and, then, and then we should be all right and uh, on our way. We're like, okay, that's fine. Well, like an hour you, later. Mind you, 20 minutes goes by. And they're like... On, sec- so, on second thought, I don't think I'm going to go to the Derby next year. They, they were like, uh, no, just make sure you have a man uh, flying your plane. And so they... <laughs> Oh, so a penis was the reason <laughs> it wouldn't park. I, no, it, this I get is, it now. It was just such a fucking stupid coincidence. But so yeah, not a sexist podcast. No, it's a joke. People, yeah. fucking relax. Yeah, yeah. So we're sitting now on the fucking the deal, and they're like, "All right, yeah, two minutes." Now that's twenty minutes, and then they're like, uh, "Just let everyone know, uh, since they did land so many airplanes uh, so fast, now we are all now stuck. Uh, our our terminal is actually open, but we just can't get to our terminal. Mind you, we're mind like, you, what? I can look out the window." And I see a clear-ass runway, and we are being boxed in by a plane that is just not moving. Yes. <laughs> just so not moving at all. Everyone is waiting, and we're the front of the line. I never thought line. you could get in a uh, traffic jam. Oh, I started, I started getting rowdy. I was like, fucking Dorum, let's go. Fucking drive this thing around it. I got shit to do. We had like a, <laughs> a two-and-a-half-hour layover. And, like, other people have already by far missed their next flight. Uh, now we're getting into the second, like, round of people that are going to miss their flights. And then it was, like, we're, like, going to have to kind of start paying attention to when we need to get off this fucking thing. Uh, I swear to God, this lady comes over, the, 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 the dumb cunt, comes over and <laughs> DC, goes, goes, to, goes to the person. <laughs> we were in Washington. <laughs> yes. Perfect. Washington so, dumb cunt. So, the, <laughs> so this lady tells the dude in front of us who took who took it way better than Charlie um, that he was going to miss his flight. But then they were so basically she goes. So there is a very slim chance that you make it. Uh, uh, you probably have about five ten minutes of wiggle room, and uh, we should be over there parked in about like two or two or three minutes. This is not like an announcement for everyone. This is just what this guy is supposed to be hearing. Yeah, she, and then she's just giving some puff piece to she, every asshole she tells, that's missed their flight. She tells this dude this, who's like about to miss his flight, goes back up front, comes back about five minutes later, and goes, uh, "I just want to let you know that you did miss your flight." Um, <laughs> someone, so, so, oh fuck! She, thanks. She word for word goes, "Some idiot parked something backwards over there, and now we can't go pull over there any anymore. So we got to wait for them to." moves and then we can pull over i'm like what the fuck they parked back was a plane what now, are they now fucking I'm cameron no, latham I'm what are no, the fucking kids name i'm was? no gynecologist but i am fairly certain airplanes do not have reverse <laughs> back to straight <laughs> into the terminal like oh <laughs> fuck <laughs> legit like that, that's like no joke what she said and then she's just, she like everyone just kind of like caused like a little bit of an uproar because this happened right in front of us and it was loud enough for us to hear that this lady just goes oh i'm sorry i you guys all weren't supposed to hear that i shouldn't have said that and then turns around and fucks off we're like what so now it's like 45 minutes we're still waiting now it's it's like an hour and 15 minutes we're just all like we're like everyone's gonna miss their fucking flight because we can't get across the runway and then we finally can see the gate 
We start moving an hour and put the fucking inflatable slide out and let us walk. (laughs) Well, that was like an actual thing that we were thinking about having to do. Like, because if I think someone just pulls that thing, I mean, they're going to be on a list, but we didn't pull it. We're just going down. We're just going down the slide. Yeah, all you can do is kick the exit door open. I think out by the wing, and uh, everybody's getting off that plane real quick. We're legitimately on hour, an hour and forty-five minutes. We pull across to our terminal. Not even kidding, fifty feet from where we were sitting. Like, took an hour and forty-five minutes for us to go fifty fucking feet. We were in that airplane on the ground longer than we were in the air legit love that yeah hopefully you downloaded enough stuff to watch and, and brought enough snacks and, and, we, <laughs> and we and we had to walk from terminal e to terminal c and so we're all under the impression we're like we're gonna get a drink we're gonna have a drink sit down we we're supposed to have a two and a half like a little bit over two and a half hour delay or not delay fucking but by the time we got there they by were the loading we the there, next plane yeah we had to go right on the well, plane yeah. well, that's convenient at least yeah somewhat especially well except for the after, fact that after about a 23 dollar double captain and coke yeah yeah, we yeah s- that probably should have been on the house. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah that was fucking egregious. That uh, also happened to me. Um, but <laughs> yeah, that was. I uh, pounded it. I was like, I needed that. I'm gonna take a nap now. <laughs> yeah, flight I might even get a second. <laughs> the fl- flight home was fucking phenomenal. Yeah, did you get a free beer? Yeah, I got a free beer. So Charlie and I had this bet yesterday because the. Uh, oh, yeah, I owe Brad five bucks. The uh, the Vegas Golden Knights are playing the Bruins, and uh, he's like, a tilt. He's like, that's gonna be a fucking phenomenal game. I'm like, yeah, yeah. I was like, uh, I'll take I'll take the Knights for five bucks. You want to bet on the Bruins? He's like. All right. So then we get on the plane, and Charlie's like, I'm going to get a beer. I'm like, I'm going to get a beer, too. And then the Bruins. Vegas is up instantly, like 3 nothing. I was like, sick. Yeah. Sick donation on my While part. we were, like, sitting there waiting for fucking too long, uh, they ended up losing. And then I was like, Charlie, you gonna you, you want to buy my beer? And he's like, yeah, I can do that. Whatever. So the guy comes by, and I'm like, yeah, can I get a Bud Light? And I was like, you have to pay for these, right? And he's just like, yep. And I was just like, oh, the guy in the middle seat, uh, I'll be on his, his tab as well. And he's like, all right, perfect. Gave me a beer. Never even went back to Charlie. Never even thought about charging anyone. It was just typical like, oh. Charlie. Charlie story. <laughs> <laughs> I had my card out. I was like, I'll pay for it. I was like, I just get a coke. And the guy was just like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Just yeah. never took. It. I was like, there, right. never said I got a free beer. So, yeah, that but, uh, that's definitely a solid weapon of the week. I forgot. Also, like, underrated airport, uh, Washington, beautiful. Yeah, yeah, nice little place. Beautiful. Been, been there before. Actually, yeah. uh, spent. Half a night there because we missed a connecting flight one time. There. The rest of Boston did kind of a shithole. Oh, yeah. We did completely leave out the fact that, uh, oh, I think all of the flights after hours left got canceled because of pretty, fog. Yeah. Pretty and sure Pensacola. Because people that might still be there. Yeah. We yeah. were the last flight out of Pensacola. Yeah. So. Tough break. Yeah. Apparently fog is an actual problem. But, uh, I mean, it's, you can't see, but just point the plane up. Yeah. Like, just look, don't hit anything. Fly above yeah. the fog. <laughs> yeah. Uh, uh, I don't know how that works. That is. Yeah, I think so. The last thing that I just had was uh, was Peyton announced today that she uh, was cancer free. So hey, that was hey, hey, hey. that was uh, some fantastic news on a on I a Tuesday. Uh, less than twenty four hours removed from Charlie being uh, absolutely heated at a uh, airplane flight attendant. Uh, I, I was, some good news that calms everyone down. Uh, this is great. Something great to see. Obviously, if anyone uh, knows, I know we have a lot of listeners that are from around the country, not necessarily from our neck of the woods. No, people from around here have probably been paying close attention, but uh, if they hadn't, or if uh, you hadn't known and uh, all you did was hear that uh, she was going through a chemotherapy and that we were trying to raise money, and uh, this is the next update you hear, uh, it's all good news. So we love that. Uh, obviously thinking about Peyton and uh, her family and Carson and all of them and Moo Moo, the dog, and just it's all good to hear. So uh, that was a good way to we love that. wrap up a Tuesday. And uh, hopefully y'all have a good Wednesday. A uh, 96, I mean... Uh, Jason Webster. Wyatt Alexander. That uh, that trunk there. <coughs> Chad Bennett? Chad Bennett. Yep. Chad Bennett. Yep. 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 What are we... Uh, I assume we got nothing going on this weekend. I got just a bunch Lee of Christmas. USA Speedway banquet I got Christmas Saturday. parties Friday night and Saturday night, so that's fun. 
Oh, yeah. Yeah, I'm unfortunately going to be missing the uh, annual Neyland Christmas party, which I miss every single year that it happens. Uh, I will be going to Pittsburgh for a uh, Penguins game on Saturday night and a Steelers game on Sunday afternoon before coming back and going to work on Monday. So Saturday, Lindsay and I will be the BFP representatives at the Leo Say Speedway Banquet, and I believe I am giving the awards away for the Black Flag Podcast Ridge Runners. Nice. So we got to yeah. our pal Dave Cameron for winning the championship in that yeah. class. Yeah, so I think other than that, that is it. Yeah. So three years, three snowball derbies. Next stop. Three different winners. That's cool. Yeah. Next stop at maybe Allentown. Yeah, yeah, we uh, Maybe. we got into a discussion about potentially going to Allentown. Could be a could be a cannonball run type of trip. I want to go. Um, I don't. Uh, I don't know what else I got going on around that time period, but I've heard Allentown's not a nice place. I'd like to figure it out for myself. Yeah. So, and then uh, well, we got AC after that. Yeah. And then booked, we roll uh, right into Speed Weeks. Booked a room for AC for uh, what's that's the end of January, and then yeah, like you said, Speed Weeks. Still uh, still looking for an Airbnb at Daytona. Getting down to crunch time. Yeah, I, I think it's uh, it's it, it's getting uh, brighter and brighter as the days go on, and we can kind of scrap some change together um a lot of the places that were that were available a while back are still available so i think that we're gonna be able to find something out pretty easily whether we have to go from one place to another that might be the uh, only problem but worst problem we'll figure it out we normally do um and uh yeah slept in weirder places definitely definitely so episode 196 we will see you next tuesday race car race car here we go race car